22 pages later with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later, the only show where you can have a black, a Puerto Rican, and a Dominican walking into somewhere, and it's not a joke. Wait, you're not a joke? Oh, fuck you. You're a joke. (laughs) I was just thinking the same thing. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so... Um, to introduce myself, I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, here with the guy who is still doing Shakespearean insults, Mike the Finance Guy. Thou churlish, dismal, dreaming, foul deformity. You know what's funny? I'm going to allow that to happen if you can give me definitions. Uh, that's all about you. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Your mama. <laughs> <laughs> For those other hoes at home. And um, on the other side of the table is the tech who looks at his phone once in a while because he's got all the lovely ladies calling him Ralph the Tech. What? Does not compute? Oh, really? You didn't prepare anything? No, I can't. My mind was totally blank. Uh, wow. Blank. Oh, 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 that's oh, more oh. full than usual. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And I we know. Have, I was surprised. <laughs> and right now we have a Meanwhile 22 first. Um, usually we have people on who love comics or love video games or learn, um, love nerd stuff. Now we have somebody that is not only a friend of the podcast, but also is in the industry as well. So please put your hand together for writer and illustrator of Sons of Fate, the graphic novel and the series, Jean-Paul DeShong. Say what's up, Jean. Nice to meet you all. Thank you. <laughs> wow, he's got bad accents too. <laughs> I, I thought that uh, you know when you're talking, you should have an English accent. This is what Princess Leia taught me that in Star Wars. If you want to talk regular, <laughs> regular. all right. I'm sorry. Hey guys, oh, how I'm, you doing? <laughs> okay, cool. Wait, um, are you saying I'm hot? No, tilt the mic up. Okay, there you go. Okay, uh, cool. there we go. Oh yeah, because it's gonna catch right over here. All right, all right. So, um, I usually have something snarky or funny to say, but you know what? It's been a pretty quiet two weeks. But you know what? Hey, Ralph, We're, by the way, you owe me 20 bucks there because uh, he forgot the number of the podcast. Yes, he did. Yeah. Episode 47. I <laughs> look, <laughs> we've reached your age. Wow. We reached Damn. my age? Oh. Damn. Wow. You keep, you talk about Mike. <laughs> uh, 24. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're going to need to raise that volume a little bit, especially when spoilers is coming up. But let's get right into it because, like I said, I have nothing snarky to say, and obviously I forgot the episode number. So let's get the pot boiling. Let's go into the quick news. And now, the quick news with Michael Finance Guy and Ralph and Kat. Yay, quick news. And it's relatively quick-ish. Really? You're not going to go, oh, you get two weeks, you get two weeks of news, none of that? Nah, yeah, it's quickish. Yeah, but something tells me that something in that in the news is going to make us talk longer than what we need to, because there's always something that sparks conversation. That's because we're a bunch of nerds. Right, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> all right, we all saw it, and we all loved it. Admit it, you know you did. Arrow finally used a boxing glove arrow in season three, episode <sighs> six, titled Guilty. That was fantastic. You know, I almost I almost sexed <laughs> both of you. I don't know, because I know you guys watch it later. I watch uh, it while yeah. it's playing. And I saw that. I was, I was so tempted. Like, boxing glove arrow, boxing glove arrow. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch it the next day. But I, I, like, squealed and then rewound it and watched it three more times. <laughs> can, can I tell you something? I still haven't seen it yet. Ah, well, then too bad. He used a boxing glove arrow. <laughs> I didn't, All right, my bad. Hey, Cap. He's, spoiler he's just alert. doing it? <laughs> he's what? He's just doing that? Um, yeah, I, I well, know. he doesn't have it as a trick arrow. It's just that what happens is that there was a boxing glove handy. So he jammed his arrow into the glove and then used it to fire and knocked out the guy. Okay. Yeah. So it was actually really clever use. He doesn't have one that explodes into a boxing glove, so. 
Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, no, it, it might have sparked some ideas for him. I yeah. hope not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please no, because it's been a pretty good series so far. Yeah. But that episode also establishes that Arrow is Starling City's second vigilante following Ted Grant's stint as Wildcat in the Glades. Yeah. Oddly enough, yeah. Wow. Yeah, because yeah, because Wildcat was doing this before, while Oliver was still uh, back on the island. Oh, five years on the yeah. island. Yeah, and uh, and I thought also Amy uh, Gamenic, she did one hell of a job as the killer crush psycho Cupid. She did a great job. So you have watched the episode. She she was fantastic. You were talking about Cupid. You're yeah. saying that you didn't think that they could do much with that oh, character. Well, I mean, when you just described that you're going to have this woman that's got a huge you know psychotic crush on Oliver and well, decides to be an uh, an archer, you know, it's just like eh. Yeah, yeah. but they she played, was great. They played it off well because she was former um, I'm special ops or special ops. Like that. Yeah, she was like, so you know, she's highly trained. Yeah, so, so like she wasn't she, a joke, basically. No, she. I was. I really when I forgot what the episode was going to be about, and when they I saw her, I was like, uh, and then I'm like, wow, this was a really good episode because <laughs> yeah, they said that she has a, a personality disorder where she attaches to someone and starts obsessing with them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm shutting up because that reminds me of my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> and for all of you didn't know, uh, again, Amy Gomanic, she used to play uh, Mary Winchester, the young Mary Winchester on Supernatural. For all of you Supernatural fans, ah, I love Supernatural. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Now, speaking of Arrow, all of your butts better be in front of your TVs on December second and third. Because that's when we start the Flash versus Arrow crossover titled Brave and the Bold. It all begins Ooh. with a case involving deadly boomerangs that brings our terrific trio of Oliver, Diggle, and Felicity to Central City. While there, Barry asks Oliver to help him take down metahuman Ray B- um, Bivolo. Uh, Bivolo is able to make people lose control of their emotions. And unfortunately, Flash falls victim to his powers, setting up the verses in Flash versus Arrow. Mm, okay. Now, I was wondering how they're going to do All right, that. nerd time one more time here. Ray Bivolo. His former name was Roy G. Bivolo. What is his villain name from the comics? Wait, Roy G. Bivolo. And that sounds like the name's going to give a hit. Is he something like it Spectrum is. or something like that? Uh, he was the Rainbow Raider because of Roy G. Biv. It was Roy G. Bivolo. Yeah, RG Biv. That's why he said Roy G. Bivolo. Roy G. Biv. Color Spectrum. Orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, and violet, right? Right. Yeah. So, yeah. There we go. And you rattled it off like you knew it off the top. See, me, I have like red. Orange, sorry. <laughs> well, I was just—I had them like red, orange, yellow, G, green. <laughs> I had to go down it. You sure G is not gray? Um, uh, I don't know. Let's ask the cap's head. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Look, just because you use dark and lovely, don't fuck with me, okay? <laughs> I'm just—I just use lovely. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that—that's some pretty good news. Even though I know some nerds will be like, "Oh my god, they're using Brave and the Bold in, in a different way." I like that they're including that as well. Brave and the Bold. I mean, you know, started out as like a. It's a shit show of titles. It had nothing to do with Batman at first. It didn't have right. to do with Batman until like issue like number 50, 59 or something like that. So, you know, they're, they're okay with it. Okay, I'm but, good with it. But I'm still pretty happy with that. All right. What else you got there? All right. MFG. When a facial scrub and exfoliator won't give you the fresh, smooth skin you always wanted, try having your whole face cut off. Uh, Greg Capullo's Batman number 37 cover shows a fresh-faced clown prince of crime holding his former frightening mug that we have previously seen him wearing as a party mask. So where has the Joker been hiding while nature did what nature doesn't do to skin outside of a contrived story? As revealed in this month's Batman number 36, he was in Arkham Asylum, of course, working alongside Batman disguised as, spoilers, orderly Eric Border, who was introduced in 2013's Batman oh. Annual number two. Yeah. So now, while why didn't the world's greatest detective notice his arch nemesis was butt slapping close? I haven't got a clue. But what is the Joker's motivation? Ah, well, writer Scott Snyder stated that basically Joker is saying, quote, you know, for a long time, Batman, you and I have played this game together where we circle each other like cat and mouse, but I'm tired of it and you've become boring to me. So now I'm just going to end everything and destroy everyone, end quote. 
Hmm. Okay, so now it sounds like that um, Snyder has gone back to his creepy roots instead yeah. of doing that god awful um, series where they try to rewrite the um, mm-hmm. the Batman mythos. Yeah, well, that yeah that that Batman Year Zero because you had Court of Owls, which was fantastic, and then you had Death of the Family, which was pretty good, and then when you went into you know the you know, the retelling of the Batman mythos, I understand it was necessary, but I mean I. I got lost in some places, yeah. maybe, maybe even emotionally. Maybe I mean I followed it in book, but emotionally I'm like, oh no, I, I didn't like a lot of it. So yeah. to hear them coming back to the Joker to what made them very popular, I'm very happy about that. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was this big fight. I think like most of the Justice League was, uh, they were fixed with the the um, Joker Venom. So I think Batman had been fighting most of the Justice League that's been Joker Venomed anyhow. So yeah, I, I I was thumbing through the book, and of course, like I do when I come home from work, I fell asleep. Yeah. But I just, the visuals are just fantastic. Yeah. I, I love Capullo's work. Yeah, oh no, he's great. All right, how about one more Batman-related item? Go ahead. All right, hope everyone is sitting down for this. Fox TV's Gotham showrunner Bruno Heller has confirmed that the Graysons will appear this season. In his statement, <laughs> I know everybody's like J- JP. <laughs> so is there going to be like a, an infant Robin? Well, here or we something? go. In or, his statement, or quote, are, you, are they going to do a close up of his father's nutsack and you're going to see him there? <laughs> you know it's coming. <laughs> well, where's the drum roll for that one? All right, so here we go. Here's Bruno Heller's statement quote, There's an episode coming up where we learn how Robin's parents got together. We're going to do a parental origin story for Robin down the line. There are no MRIs involved, end quote. But I'm not done with the gut-wrenching news yet. Heller also said, quote, Harley Quinn definitely planned for later on, but not in season one. Uh, that aspect oh, of the show, which man. characters to use and when, is a source of constant discussion, end quote. And just a bit more to turn your tummies. Little Miss Poison Ivy Pepper will be back soon. There will also be a girlfriend for the Riddler, not related to that first part. And the Joker is still coming somehow down the line. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> it's funny because I know people who love Gotham. I don't. I literally don't know one person that loves Gotham. I know people that say it's okay, but no one loves Gotham. Doesn't doesn't AJ like Gotham? Um, I don't remember actually. Yeah, well, there's a mutual uh, mutual uh, associate of, of Mike's and uh, and mine that that we talked about certain nerd things, and he says some things that he likes and kind of like jazz. Shout out to jazz. Um, when we sit when we talked about. Um, Gotham. I could have sworn AJ was like, "Oh yeah, I love Gotham." He possibly did. I probably just stopped listening by that point. Wow, <laughs> that, that's a sentence that just makes me turn off my hearing. <laughs> but, but going back to what you were saying, I mean, they're just trying to squish so much stuff in there. Again, I just feel like it almost feels like they. It feels like DC just said you have access to Gotham for one year. Go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just have feels, at it. Yeah. yeah. Do do your worst. I dare you. But now it explains why. Um, Shout out to Gigi when Gigi was watching um, Arrow and the season two and they have the, the, the quick cameo of Harlequin where right. they don't show her. And you said the other day, you're like, well, they probably didn't show her because they pro- probably the execs in DC was like, you can't show Harlequin. You're going to have her voice, but you can't yeah. show her because we could probably reference her in another show. In or the Suicide whatever. Squad, you would think of nothing else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But sure enough, if you're saying that they're going to have Harlequin at some point, that yeah. makes perfect sense why they didn't show it's her in Arrow because they're going to use her in Gotham. Right. And also just not in season one. It's right. funny. I don't know if you caught this reference at the end of Arrow when um, when Diggle is drop, uh, drops her off and he's back at, at, uh, at the hideout. Mm-hmm. Um they um he, he has Oliver says you know you think she's uh, no Felicity asks him like oh you think she's gonna be all right 
in Argus with with Amanda Waller, and then Diggle's like, yeah, she's not the craziest girl that the, that they had on the squad, right? Which I didn't like that because it's just like, no, no one should be crazier than Harley Quinn. <laughs> you know? she, she's dating a psychotic. <laughs> I just thought you were saying that because she's blonde, <laughs> and, and that, that that too. No, okay. Did they say uh, how they were going to bring her in in Gotham? Um. Oh, in uh, in. Uh, uh, how they're gonna bring her in into uh, Gotham? No, it didn't say that at all because it's not for season one. They were very specific that it won't be in this season, but just that she'll be coming soon. You know, I'm wow. Like, <sighs> Which also means now he'll be fighting some forty-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brian with his other forty-year-old plus villain. Unless she's think... like a, a teenager or something or preteen. Yeah. yeah but like... then she shouldn't be insane. Like yeah, you know and, what and I mean? Like she, is she you know? a schoolgirl is she gonna be psychologist wannabe i mean are they gonna abandon the original story right yeah well yeah you know i mean granted they've abandoned a lot of original story to begin with here you know now that we we have harvey dent near 30 Mm -hmm. (laughs) introduced so i don't know what they're doing with gotham but (sighs) tell me you have some some news to brighten our day oh i have news i don't know if it's something's going to brighten it but it's the last piece of news that i have see i told you it was sort of quick yeah i'm very surprised yeah um, uh, I would say that I'm just being nice because we have a guest here, but also I just didn't feel like looking at any more news. <laughs> I was getting depressed. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So what's more dangerous and threatening than an arrogant, ruthless, megalomaniacal, paranoid, disfigured monarch possessing weapons of mass destruction? Well, according to Fox Studios, a blogger. Uh, actor Tony Cabell, who plays Doctor Doom in the upcoming franchise reboot, says the film isn't afraid to divert sharply from Marvel's comics lore. Mm. As proof, the iconic villain will no longer be named Victor Von Doom, but rather Victor Domenchev. Domenchev is a very antisocial programmer known on blog sites as Doom. Cabell described director uh, Josh Trank's vision of the comic characters as lo-fi and ultra-real. In fact, upcoming Human Torch portrayer Michael B. Jordan said the four will wear containment suits that he described as gritty. Now, my opinion is if, if he's looking for ultra real, like lo-fi, I, I, I just think like Reed Richards should be a single father in a low-paying job that knows how to stretch his limited funds <laughs> in order to feed and clothe his two children. Like, the thing, he should be a guy suffering from bad psoriasis. And Johnny is a guy with like overly sweaty palms and a persistent flop sweat. And, and of course, Sue Storm, she could be an overly, overweight woman of color trying to draw support for equal pay in the workspace because no one will admit to seeing her. Wow. <laughs> Oh, wow. I mean, seriously, you know, like, I, I just don't get what the hell they're doing with this movie. What is up with... I, I mean, I hate to prejudge, but I mean, you're not giving me anything that makes me go, well, that's promising. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's funny because Jazz was talking about, I don't understand what, why you have such a big problem with um, Fox's re-envisioning of Fantastic Four. I'm like, you know what? If you want to call it the Fantastic Four and then change everything about it, then don't call it the Fantastic Four. Yeah, yeah. Call it, you know, a movie that was inspired by the Fantastic Four. Oh, yeah. And he said, oh, but what if they're saying, you know, we're going a totally different direction? I'm like, they're going so different. I'm like, I've never even read this version. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, between, like, you know, like now, what, Johnny and Sue, the black and white, you know. Sue's I, adopted. I, right? Yeah, she's adopted, whatever. She's adopted, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I, I was just running down titles of my own. I'm like, you know, maybe the United Colors of Benetton 4, <laughs> you know, the, the statistically <laughs> average friends. <laughs> Three guys and one chick doing stuff. <laughs> Those people that met through Groupon and now save money on things. Oh, or God. my favorite one would be like, wait, he's your brother? <laughs> I should be the title of the movie right there. Straight up, straight up. I mean, it's it's amazing how Fox is really kind of, you know, 
trying to separate themselves so much from the, the Marvel property. And of course, Marvel's guilty also of, of playing the, this is our ball, I'm going to take it and go home. And so they cancel the line yeah. of fucking Fantastic Four. Yeah. But in Marvel's defense, it is their ball. It is, <laughs> it is their ball. Well, they sold their ball, I was ball, about though. to say, they, they sold, shouldn't have sold not, their ball. Yeah, they shouldn't have sold their ball. That's they shouldn't have, yeah. Yeah, so that's all the quick news? That is all the quick news I have. You know, it's funny, that's not the most cheeriest quick news we've had. Ralph, you go say something? I got some news. Uh-oh. Uh, oh, okay, it, go Does ahead. it involve a tank? Huh? Are tanks on sale? <laughs> Actually, you know, there's Black a, Friday coming up. There's a discount happening at Best Buy. Ooh, <laughs> but no, if, it's for all you Sherlock fans out there. Oh, what we got? What we got? Um, they have announced a, a fourth season that should be coming out in next year, uh, early 2015. Oh, nice. But they've also said that they're going to be releasing a small little Christmas edition that they're. Gonna oh, that'll be really. Cool. I can't wait. I, I'm I'm behind a whole season, but I love that. So see oh, Benedict really, come, you come back it'll be great. I really wish you and I would have spoke before the podcast because I would have put my news before your news because that's ending things on a light note. I have some news that might make some fans a little bit upset. Mm. Uh, what is that? Here we go. <laughs> and my, especially for Mike and, and Ralph, um, they were talking about there's a list of shows that are endangered of being canceled. Do you, um, do you okay. know? Do you know one of them? I haven't looked recently. Sleepy Hollow. How what? There is no way that could be in danger of being canceled. <laughs> they, they, they're talking about the, the um, the, you know, the, you know it's why Fox. Fringe was canceled. No, why was Fringe canceled? Bones. They chose to save Bones. They moved Fringe to Friday night, and Friday is the death of TV. So yeah, except awesome. for Grimm, oddly yeah, enough. Yeah. But but I mean, yeah. I agree with what you're saying. I mean, Friday is usually the death. I okay, I, I won't even get into that that part. But I mean, <laughs> there is no way. I mean, Sleepy Hollow. The the, the we saw the Bones. fan reactions. Bones, <laughs> what, bones. They're trying to put bones back on Mondays. They moved Fringe off Thursdays because Bones was doing so bad, thinking it would survive the Friday night death toll, and then it lost. So then they just ended the show. So I believe that. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, do you think it's because of Bones again that they're moving to the Hollow? Or... <laughs> I mean, bones is, bones is on know. Thursday now. Oh, is it? Yeah, oh, okay. no, no. He, the he's... point is that Bones, the worst show, survived. Wow. French didn't. Yeah. Here's here's what I've heard. Jeez. Here's what I've heard from what I understand because I read it like a couple of days ago. Here's what, what I um what I got out of it. Basically, the first season was fantastic, um, and they got a lot of viewership. And then the second season, they didn't get as much viewership as they anticipated. Also, because they had such a lag between newer episodes. I think they went, oh. you know, from was it from spring until fall instead of having like what the, what they do with the the fall finale and the spring finale they didn't right. break it up like that they kind of ran their yeah, episodes they, yeah, through I think, yeah i think they, they always ran them 22 through. episodes right they ran all but it's only but it was only 13 yeah yeah so yeah so they only they had 13 they ran it straight through so there's a lot of people are thinking that a lot of those fans didn't carry over so when it started up again in fall they didn't have the same kind of punch as they did when they ended the run of the Fox, first season Fox, they just i don't know what's up with them Fox just likes fucking, fucking people. Fox likes bones. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they're boning everybody else at this point. (laughs) I mean, it's just, I don't understand. It's just like, oh, well, you don't have 400 million viewers. Oh, well, we're going to cancel you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to the point that, I mean, you know how like Fox kept getting for the longest time, uh, you know, well, I guess for a while they had a lot of like people of color on their television shows and then they just didn't. So it's like kind of funny that we've made comment about like um, Sleepy Hollow, which it has a very predominant black cast. Yeah. In very, like, you know, like, good roles, you know? And it's just like, and this is the show you want to cancel. Just, and again, I mean, it's not to save Bones, but but then Bones, which is the most entirely all-white cast TV show yeah. that could possibly yeah. be. There's one, or there's two black women in there. That um, oh, that's right. That's right. I forgot. I forgot. Wait, two black women? Yeah, the medical examiner and okay. the district attorney. I thought they were the same person. 
Wait, no. I'm oh, kidding. Oh, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. I'm totally I kidding. I'm about the Jessica Turner because I wasn't considering her main character, but yeah, that's right. I love her. She's so funny. Now we all know that the cap thinks you all look alike. Oh, yeah. oh y'all, <laughs> y'all. I knew that. Me? Are you fucking serious? <laughs> also, you, you think you look like half he does? <laughs> oh, wow. If, if only he looked half this good. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so so that was my quick news, you know, contributions. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, well, sorry. It I should have ended it the other way around. Yeah, it better not come true. I, I love that show. TV's tomorrow. <laughs> I'll tell you this if they cancel Sleepy Hollow we are definitely starting the Scraps Network yeah we are starting the Scraps Network definitely. somebody better pick that up like Sci-Fi Channel <laughs> <laughs> no, no I think Sci-Fi kind of enjoys running shitty shitty um, quality movies well they're movies yeah but their shows aren't all that bad like I liked Helix it's just yeah. very really weird twist Helix and Haven is a lot of fun you like yes. Haven I do like Haven. It's wow. weird. It's a very weird show. Like Haven? I want to hate it, but then I love it all at the same time. Weapon? What do you got against Haven? What do you have for Haven? It's awesome. Uh, yeah. yeah, you're awesome. We we've talked about this. Me and you differ on, on your awesome. <laughs> yeah. My awesome is the standard net, which everybody should view shows. It's to. his. Uh, it's his accent, but his awesome sounds like awful. <laughs> <laughs> so you never you're never sure which way he's going with it. <laughs> ah, those those bloody Dominicans. Okay, yes. Yes, yes, <laughs> let's go with our first segment of the show. All right, so we've never done this before, and we've been wanting to have you know somebody on who's in the industry. We've got a couple of friends who's done that. So we have John Paul. We've got a couple of friends. Shout out to Matt Triano. Hopefully you're listening brother matt where are you stop working so hard and get your ass in new york so we can interview you yeah absolutely so um it is definitely my pleasure to have john paul on the show how are you doing today john i'm good thank oh, you thank yeah. you Yo, thanks for turn, turn the mic all right you're gonna take that out of editing no i'm kidding <laughs> <laughs> ralph does things that if it doesn't sound right he'll take things out of editing pretty much when he speaks like, if he messes up he'll take it out and put it in it's like it's awesome yeah, when we speak he puts it in five more times there was one episode where he, um i messed up oh and then he made a comment, I fixed it, and then I still left his comment in there. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounded like I was talking about something that didn't mean. <laughs> I was so mad. I'm listening. I'm like, you made me sound like an idiot. <laughs> it was horrible. But yeah, on to the point at hand. So John Paul, I mean, John Paul and I have been friends. You know, I mean, we, we were first, we first met at SVA, what, back in 96? Yep. Yeah. So yep. We, we were both- I wasn't even born. Or actually, I think I was for like six years. <laughs> Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. Oh, man. I think I was 10 at the time. Wow. Well, that I could believe, yeah. Oh, you didn't believe me? <laughs> if you were Pinocchio, you would have severed my fucking eye. <laughs> Asshole. <laughs> Trying to play like you younger than me. Whatever. Anyway, so Jean-Paul and I were, were friends in SVA and um, always a phenomenal artist. And um, funny because we I hadn't seen Jean-Paul. We see each other on the train here and there, there you know, because yeah. we, we're Bronx guys. Yep. So we bump into each other. And then the the the, the, the most recent time i saw him was at comic-con yep yeah mm-hmm. and he was like hey look you know i'm coming out with this book and you you didn't have the booth yet you were kind of walking around yeah. you had your that your was flyers. Year. that was uh 2013 2013 yeah. and you're like i'm putting the book together and, yep. da, 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 and now the book is together yeah. the book is called sons of fate for the fans who are listening and for people who don't know about sons of fate could you give a brief description on what you created um how do you want me to explain it it's kind of uh is this going into the story, basically? Again, if you want to, however you feel comfortable. If you want to give a brief synopsis, if you want to talk about the style, I mean that it is. However you want to go about it, man. Um. Well, I I would think I invented this genre because I've never heard anybody say it. It's basically a Western samurai epic. Okay. okay. And um, it basically chronological is a story of a general who was sent out to establish trade routes and was subsequently marooned on the island of Africa and to keep his sanity practices swords play and uh was influenced influenced by a child who saved his life from being marooned and ended up teaching him to be a samurai 
that's it in a nutshell. But the bigger story is the actual uh, idea that regardless of whatever successes and failures you have in life, it ultimately points to it ultimately points to a bigger and more important lineage or or outcome to what you may think. Because what yeah. happens without giving any spoilers is that right. the the boy he trains ends up going into well through circumstance that I won't get into ends up influencing the history of Japanese society. Wow! Wow! Okay, okay. interesting. All right. Now, um, I guess my one of my first questions is, how did you even come up with this idea? I mean, this is a very like you know you don't see a lot of comics being written like this. I mean, you've seen comics written in, you know, about Westerns before right. and about um, um, samurai you know, sword play and all that stuff. But to combine those two kind of genres together, like how did you even come up with that idea? Um, it was, it, it was pretty organic. I just, it was from my love of comic books. It was, uh, you know, um, I say this a lot. People ask what my influences were. It would be this summer of 89, I know you guys. Are I, like, I, I, yeah. we, I wasn't born yet, but yeah, going yeah. about the summer, maybe not. We're just we're establishing more well, facts I here. A, I was a, I was a teenager, and uh, <gasps> it was too old. Hey, all right, surprisingly, <laughs> I was uh, I couldn't. Uh, I was too old to go to camp, so my mother would send me to my cousins in Canada, and I went out there that year, and that was the year I read Dark Knight and The Watchmen at the same time. Okay, wow, and, yeah, yeah, that's a great that, summer. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was, was a great. Was that a was a great summer. I was a teenager, and that like. What happened was subconsciously that set the bar to what I wanted to do. Okay. So in creating the book, I wanted to do more than just a villain, heroes, story, anti-story. I right. wanted to have some kind of some kind of tie into the real world. So this serves as a historical background, almost a lost chapter to the formation of a Japanese society, the Japanese society of the Tokugawa era, and what happened in there culturally and literally. But this story serves as a lost chapter in why that happened. Wow. Okay. Very, very interesting. And now the technique that you use, um, drawing wise, and I know some people are like, well, I don't pay attention to the art. Me as a former artist, I totally do. And one thing I've noticed is you definitely use the brush stroke instead of using pen point or yeah. using like you know standard you know pencils and whatever, whatever. Was this was that a choice because of the type of book it was, or is that just your style in a nutshell? Both. Both. Um, what happened is, uh, personally, I use I use. The quill and everything too, but I would say, you know, ninety-five percent of the time it's ninety percent brush, and then depending on the detail, cross hatching or you know scratches or stuff like that, I go in and do really thinner lines. But the brush allows me to go thick to thin in one stroke, okay. and that saves time. And that developed over developing my technique and trying to master air quote master me getting my technique down in the style I draw, so. Yeah, because I, I felt like the, the, the style you used was so appropriate for the type of comic book it is. Yeah. I think if it was done in another style, it still would have been good, but the brush, you know, is so yeah. free-flowing that it, it, it there's something about that, that, that texture that just makes it feel more authentic to the book. Well, that's the other side of it, too, where it, because it was my own project, the creativity instead of it happening in the planning stages, happen in execution. Okay. Mm. So what sense. happens is I end up not even um, knowing what's going to happen or what's gonna, what it's going to look like, which I would do before doing other work. There's nothing wrong with that. But right. what happened was I ended up inventing while I was drawing. 
Okay. I ended up inventing while I was coloring and even when some of what I was writing. Yeah. And depending on what the book took, if it was a blood splatter, if it was a, a cloth or it was dirt or something, I could actually go in and manipulate, which is something I, you could also do better in brush. At least I could do better brush than okay. using other materials. Uh, you had mentioned that you were coloring. So, um, so I know you wrote it and I know you drew it. Um, I imagine you must have inked it as well because mm-hmm. you used the ink, you said. But So you did the coloring and the lettering as well? Yep. Oh, you did it all. Yeah. Okay. And the coloring, it looked almost like a watercolor. Is that what it was? Or is that just, um, I toned or was it, it digital? Or? It was, It was. I toned it in uh, uh, basic black and whites. Okay. And then I colored it digitally. Oh, wow. Okay. So I wanted an overall, like like Cappy said, I wanted the overall wash. I wanted okay. like yeah. almost like a Japanese uh, ink wash right. of the thing. I like, I, I'm a fan, you know, as you as you know. Um, going to school, you know, we, we're told to look at movies and stuff like that, and yeah. studying comes from everything we do. And mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of. Uh, okay, so I'll take example. Of Spielberg's movies are real monochromatic, right? A splash of color, or right. they're overtones of one color. I'm a big fan of that. Okay, I'm a big fan of the overtone, the grays with the black and white and the highlights. So. Right. It was just kind of a no-brainer for me. Yeah, no, I mean, it looked really good there. But now, at the same time, um, I was looking online, and mm-hmm. um, I saw that, well, first of all, kudos on getting a USA Today. Yeah, an article you. on yes. you and stuff like that. Yes. That must have felt great. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I want to ask you about that, how you know, how, just how you felt about that, and then uh, showcasing, uh, you know, most of the first chapter by that point. Yeah. But um, in there, they had uh, the non-color, just the, the, the black and whites, I guess. Yeah. And I just thought that looked even more beautiful to me. Yeah. So, you know, is there yeah. any chance that you'll ever produce this thing again, maybe just as black and white? Yes. Because I really I, love I, being able to really intensely see the actual artwork. I actually have three versions of the book. Oh, okay. I wow. have the black and white, I have the tone, and I have the color. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. And definitely. And, oh, wait, um, so now you have a difference between toned and color then? Yeah. The toned is basically, there's parts in the book that, and this is a part of the organic makeup of the book. Where the black, there's black and white tone parts that I didn't go in digitally at all with. Oh, okay. And what happens is I wanted it to serve as sort of a metaphysical manifestation. This sounds weird, I know. Bear with me. <laughs> of, a, of, of what's happening in the book. I'll give an example. Um, there's a point in the book where a cheat is attacking the kids mm-hmm, and the mm-hmm. samurai, the dyke guy is watching. Right. And uh, the, the boy who saved him jumps out in front of the little girl to save the book to save the uh, save the uh, little girl from the cheetah and Daikai runs down there and then he sees the kid fighting the cheetah and the cheetah scratches him and uh, yeah that point right there and uh, as you, you know, this part there's a part that turns very black and white right. because I wanted to represent the fact that it was life or death Okay. Right. Okay. Goes on the sword. It's it's okay. Listen, color's gone. There's nothing else but focusing on. Right. What you need no, to focus that, on. and that makes total sense. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And and that was and and again that was part of the creation process. It wasn't something I I thought of it. I had it in my head, but I didn't know how I was going to execute it until I actually did it. Now, okay. now let me throw something out there. Um, because I'm somebody that tried to get into the comic book field and really couldn't do it. Like and like I told you off off mm-hmm. the off the show before that you know a lot of it was to channel my passion to do it and then when I'm not feeling good to be able to still go do work. Right. Now you've done work for the for the other houses. Mm-hmm. And so basically not writing them but just kind of doing the work. And then now you've done this independent work. How much more difficult is it to write ink and, you know, and to to, to put to draw write in ink, you know, is it much harder to do that rather than, you know, taking somebody else's vision and putting it to life? Not to me. I, I found it more freeing. I really? was just about to ask yeah, you would it be more I, uh, freeing because you're it's it's your own it's everything by that point. Yeah, like even at Comic Con, you know, I did a pencil drawing for somebody. You know, I was doing a sketch and right. I haven't done a drawing in a pencil in years. Wow! You're like my my pencils are 
chicken scratch. Now, oh wow! I, I brush with the I, I draw with the brush now. Yeah, and I was okay. saying it to them. I'm like, this is really strange to me. And there's a freeness that I've worked with people, and everybody I work with, I've had the fortunate uh, in my career of having people that worked with me that I worked with very well. We didn't. I haven't had any problems uh, out in the career before I started doing my own independent stuff. Right. Um, and you know, I've heard horror stories about sticking to the script and stuff like that, which I didn't ever deal into. But even with that being said. There's a real organic nature that I discovered in creating my own book, you know. And then on top of that, I had a I had a disconnect with the writing from the actual art where once I wrote it and once I drew it, I saw that maybe I put a little too much context in the writing mm-hmm. that I could actually put back in, but not by drawing it. Mm. That'd be really hard to do if I was working with a team of guys and I said, hey, listen, writer, um, this yeah. thing would look better or would come across better if I didn't draw it. But the letterer came in and did something here with a smoosh or a sound effect or something of that nature. Then called the letter and say that or have that. So okay. you need right. real, you know, you need some synergy, <laughs> real, real <laughs> mind melting. That, 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 that that's, that's a great word, synergy for that. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with me, it was kind of a because I'm doing my own book. It was a hmm, that doesn't feel right. But I still need to pull that off. Or if I add this, it adds on to the whole writing part without putting in an extra explanation of something. So the whole thing becomes a visual thing in the writing with the drawing and the coloring and everything else. There were there's times in the book where the different parts of what I was working on held more importance than the other things. So with one part, the writing took over the drawing part and the drawing took was taken over one other parts. And then sometimes the coloring was more important than the drawing. So the drawing would be a, a minimalist drawing, but I would color the hell out of or, or right. add a extra hue or the writing served more towards what they was going to. And it's right. all towards the overall feel of the book. Okay. So, right. and I, I couldn't do that. I don't think, I th- I'm sure I could, but it'd be a lot of phone calls and emails and stuff like that. <laughs> Suddenly it's a two-month delay on I getting for Yeah, I would definitely miss, something would get missed in, in the translation itself. But because I'm doing it all myself, it's organic and it's instant. I can see it, I can portray it, and then I have the perspective that an only a person doing it, one person, could do. Right. You know, your perspective may not be mine. You may not see it until I show it to you. Right. right. If I'm doing it, it's like, I see it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Now, did you write it all out first? Yep. Or did you? Oh, okay. That was the question I was going to ask. Yeah. Actual, or did you kind of write it, draw yeah. it, write it, draw it? No, okay. no, no. The first book, um, the origins is actually the first part. I there's two other parts that come out. It's going to be the spring of this year and then spring of next year. Okay. And uh, it's all written, done. Nice. Wow. Done. Yeah. Okay. I was wondering about that because I know a lot of artists. When I speak to them, they say, "Yeah, you know, a lot of them do the whole the Marvel method." I was just about to say, you didn't do the Marvel thing. I just drew a bunch of stuff, and now let me see what words make sense. <laughs> <laughs> For, for those who can't see, I'm literally jaw dropped. Seriously, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know the old Kirby and Stan Lee method, which is you know you <laughs> you draw pictures on a page and then you make you write a story to follow those those pictures, which is a lot more difficult. But you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you're yeah. like doing doing a comic for like Mystery Science Theater three thousand, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, that way it'd be more fun because then you could just have so much fucking fun with it. Oh, <laughs> you call that fun? Oh, that's a hell. You could be like, well, well, the artist, you'd have fun. I mean, at least you could just do it. It'd be the writer that's going. I have no. Yeah, but I'm, are they holding but I'm a the writer? Muffin? Yeah, I was about to say, you know, you know like, oh, why, uh, why are they suddenly holding the muffin? I have no idea. Yeah, that's me banging my head on the desk afterwards. Ring, ring. Is that page missing? 
Just, just yeah. wondering. <laughs> um, no. You see, you see Superman and Batman in a hot tub, and then here comes Wonder Woman, and you're like, what do I put there? Yeah. Well, I mean, this, oh, she's going to ruin our fun. Then, 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 yeah, then it takes over, yeah. I, I, I mean, we know what comes next. Come on. <laughs> it comes next, it comes first. Well, yeah. well. No. I, but you can make me want to try it. No. <laughs> no, I wrote the whole thing. The whole thing is. So done. you wrote it all out first all before, before producing the artwork. Okay. Yeah. I also had a question now, um, since it is your own creation. Um, is feudal Japan or the Japanese culture in general is that a particular interest of yours? Uh, you know, so that that's why you kind of took this grown story? into. Okay, I, I, you know, I'm the '80s kid again. Okay. Kung Fu movies, samurai movies. The '80s was actually like big with the Japanese culture because, well, they were buying America. I mean, yeah. not not being funny, they were they were buying no, all yeah, the yeah. stuff, and then suddenly they went broke. But um, <laughs> I definitely it's it it was an interest, okay. and I have other books that go into that go into other things, so okay. it won't be all samurai based. But um. You know, anime and stuff like that was definitely an influence. And, um, yeah, it took a lot of referencing because in the story, you're going to actually run into characters in Japanese history. Right. Tokugawa Inuyasu is in the book. He's the right. one talking to I was just about to say Tokugawa's got to be there. There's going to be, yeah, there's real juxtaposed with, you know, influences are coming outside of Japan, Christianity. There's going to be, it's very heavy. And it was a lot of referencing, a lot of research, a lot of Japanese you know translations that I had the book being done right. into because you can okay. read parts of the book are in Japanese right. and the yes. other parts are, are aren't but you know okay. yeah it was definitely I became a fan I was a fan at first and then reading into it more looking into it more I ended up loving okay. stuff so yeah but now the, the Tokugawa or the the Edo period that's like from 1603 to what 1868 ish or something like that so where about in the book in time are towards we towards the, the end okay so we're towards the end yeah. okay I kind of thought it so it goes into why I wasn't sure it, 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 basically the story is going to be the last chapter and why Inisu closed the doors to the western world oh okay All right, so, so, there we go yeah, okay. it's, it's the oh end. great it's the end oh very nice that's fantastic um, it, it's it's just such a great book because it, it was such from a different from a different point of view. I was just like, yeah, because I mean everybody's trying to do zap wham pow superheroes and, yeah. and you know, right. So now it has it been hard to push in the market because it's so different. Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to push because it's not Batman, but you know a sentence or two into the conversation being, well, why would I do Batman when Batman's already out? Right. Well, with, with then, the relationship, you could try and like fool people and be like, you know, what if we have an Asian Batman and a Black Robin? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that's just true. But then, you know, then I get a cease and desist order. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's not going to work. I mean, it could work because then I get it, you know, do the DC stuff. But then, oh, then call it Batman I, I, and Bobbin. Yeah, you know, um, I ultimately I wanted to do something that was different because I wanted to push the ball forward. Mm -hmm. Again, we're going back to the idea of subconscious. Consciously, what happened when I was a little, when I was a teenager, and reading Watchmen. Watchmen was not Superman, right? You know, even Batman, you know, The Dark Knight wasn't, you know, smiley face Batman, right? You know, going and, and old come along, chum, so on, yeah, right, exactly. It wasn't that, and, and and that actually paved the way to the darker, the Dark Knight, right. you know. So subconsciously, when I sat down and wrote this, it was like, okay, I already knew the level I wanted to reach. I'm not saying I did, but I definitely tried to aim for that. Yeah, you know. You know but I have a question now. When you mentioned about uh, when we were talking about cease and desist order, the fact that you work in the industry, do you think it's a little bit? Do you think you get a little bit more scrutinized when you have a creator-owned thing that like the houses are like, well, he's worked for us, 
let's take an extra look at what he just produced to make sure he's not stepping on our toes or nope no okay, <laughs> okay. i was about to say or do you just not they don't, don't really I, notice you unless i guess someone brings I it to their really, attention if they are saying anything i don't know about it okay All right. i, I really curious. don't i could i can honestly go hey look at this book and it, i don't know right I, but in so know. many industries like especially ones that are based on like intellectual property though like mm-hmm. you know they're so like you can't do anything out on your own blah 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 that's why i was wondering so, like, since the comic book industry, obviously, you can work on your own. Yeah. I was wondering if there was, like, extra scrutiny or if they asked you to submit, you know, um, at least framework or something to them just so that they can say, okay, you're not stepping on our toes or anything like that. No, no. Well, no? I, I went okay. through legal channels and made sure that it was all safe to okay. take care of before I did it. And, you know, okay. we're going into actual history. So, all there's right. no... The Tokugawa family yeah, is not going to come back. You will dishonor me! <laughs> <laughs> You know, John Paul hasn't picking up my calls recently. That'd be pretty interesting, you know. But uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I think I, I actually gave them some homage. So I okay. mean, it's going to turn out well for them, right? You know, that yeah. is the, that's yeah. dope. That's dope. Um, let me ask you this because we were talking about the industry and we we're talking about you know when you're doing something independent. Now, before you wrote this book, how long were you working in the industry, just doing uh, work for them? This book has been on the you know on the shelf for a while, and. Um, I was in the industry and I had buddies who knew about the book that were like, yo, when are you doing your samurai book? You know, and it was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And then, you know, somebody said to me one day, you know, it was like, if you did one page, like, because they wanted to see it because they talked about it and they, or they read part of the script and they were like, if you did one page a day, you know, it'd be done by now. And that really started turning <laughs> wheels in my wow. head. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I would have been know. like, you know what? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Ultimately, you know, it was it was it was that and get out. You know, right. exactly. <laughs> no, but it is it's one you of the things where friends like put it you down. Know. And you're like, huh, yeah, it was like, yeah, hey, that's get the fuck out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Exactly. You know, but you know, at nighttime, you know, when the lights are low and it's quiet, and you know, the tears running down my face, it's like, <laughs> he's right. Son <laughs> of a bitch, he's right. You know, and it, right. You know, it's funny because that took that took a different turn than I thought it would be. Right. So, <laughs> so when the lights are down and you know, I'm there by myself. And I'm like, and you're tugging one out? <laughs> no, the tears are running down <laughs> my face. <laughs> oh, I'm like, oh. <laughs> you were sick. <laughs> now, now, did you have to stop? Uh, did you stop all outside projects then when you were doing I this? I did. It started to become too big of a thing okay. to do other projects. And then wow. twofold was that I started liking it more. Mm-hmm. You I know, imagine that, it was, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was creating worlds. Right. So it was kind of like, you know, don't get me wrong. I'll take work. But I, I had this saying, like, you got to pay me to work on your stuff. You got to pay me to stop working on mine. Right. You know, and then it becomes a thing of time. Right. And like I said, I, I fell in love with uh, egotistical as it sounds. I fell in love with doing it. You know, when the first book was done, I looked at it and was like, this is how I want to do a book. This is what I want it to be about. This is what I want to talk about. These are the themes. This is so on and so forth. I've done that with other books, but it wasn't all my baby. Right. You know, so minus things here and there, this was mine. The creativity was different. The conversations I would have with editors that I weren't working for about what takes storytelling to the next level. What is storytelling? What isn't storytelling? And just the pros of drawing a page i got to actually do in my own book without having to worry about somebody saying well maybe we shouldn't have this that and a third or maybe we should add wolverine with a bear bug in his hand you know (laughs) know, and it's like all right you know but the fact that he's passed out on the bed with some beer around him with he's drunk but he had to put the can in his hand it's overkill you know it was stuff like that right you know okay well now um 
so you said it had been on the shelf for a while. So now when you finally just said, okay, doing my own thing, everyone else can screw off. How long approximately was the start and for, for doing this first Well, book? it was on the shelf as is, as, is, as it was written. It was done. Oh, I okay. wrote it. I wrote oh, okay. it all out. Mm-hmm. I was writing it in between working, but then I wrote it and then I was working. Okay. So it went on the shelf. So it was always in the back of my head to do it. Okay. And then, you know, friends nag. And they were like, cool, this is good. But when's your stuff coming out? And I'm like, <laughs> you know, and I'm sure if I, you know, cap, <laughs> I'm sure if I saw cap this year, he'd be like, where's your book? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, Absolutely. There it is. Which we'll be saying next year. Yeah. <laughs> <Where's your book? laughs> no, book? well, we should where's be part, part two by right. Yeah. We'd be spring, spring. Okay. Yep. Now, I, you know, I don't want to do too many spoilers, but I, I get the feeling that uh, maybe by, if not in this volume, but by the third one is the, is it Kamo or Kamal? Kamal. Kamal. Yeah. Now, does he meet like three podcaster-like people <laughs> towards the end of the, I, I'm just kind of curious, you know. I mean, well, if Superman, you know, if you can have Superman fly the earth backwards all the time and I can work on that. write that in, with, you, know, you know, like the Donner, the non-Donner explanation of living outside of time, which I totally don't buy. But, and uh, maybe, but uh, I don't know. It's oh, done. Stanton, which which more know. belief did you have? Him spinning back through time or him pulling something off the S's and chest and throwing it on that guy and falling <laughs> I still don't know what that is. <laughs> I still don't know what that is. Uh, well, you know, because he's an alien, his mouth is actually in his chest, and that was just a giant loogie. Ah, oh, the, the loogie explanation. Nice. A shrinky dink. Yeah. <laughs> you a shrinky dink. dink. Yeah. Holy shit! That's an eighties. Wow, yeah, that's so eighties. Yeah. For those that don't know, don't bother. Yeah. <laughs> Moving away from Superman. Superman. <laughs> but let me ask you this, because um, um, you, we were talking about you know working on your own book and. Like and now that you explain it, I can I can understand how it's so freeing and liberating. Mm-hmm. Um, now I know you worked on some other stuff, and I saw you work. Did you work on Hackslash? Yeah, yeah. I oh, love Hackslash. Yes, yeah. yeah, that's why I bring it up because we yeah. were because like, I was looking through the things you've done. Like he's done Hackslash. He's done I, like I what? Showed, like three different I, issues. I showed. I did. Uh, I was doing a backstory um, after the Hackslash, and then I got one of the annuals. And uh, when I saw Cap at the comic convention the year before I did the book, I went to Sealy and I, I was like, hey, what's up, man? We're talking and we're just shooting the shit. And I said, oh, this is my new project. And I showed him the card. He was like, that's exactly what you should be doing. He was <laughs> oh, like, wow. that fits your style. He said, dude, you got to do that. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So, it's like, so you got some a little bit push from the guys. Yeah. The- yeah. Yeah. He was he was like, oh, man. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah, I got to actually talk to Tim Seeley for a few minutes oh, there. Right, yeah. it, was really, it was really great talking yeah. to him because I, I, like, I love the series so yep. much. I really wish, I really wish it was a TV show too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's funny because just, he was so just much not on Fox, right? Just not on Fox. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he was um, Seeley was so 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 accessible, right? Versus some artists or writers who I'm not naming names. But there was a couple that when I spoke and you and you know who exactly oh, yeah. who I'm speaking about oh, yeah. wow. off the podcast, I'll tell you wow. um, where I went to the guy and I said, hey, look, always loved your work. Um, you do great stuff. And he talked to me like he couldn't even be bothered. I, but and I was like, you know, this guy is, you know, does great work. And I'm like, hey, so, you know, I haven't seen your stuff in a while. I go, oh, well, when they pay me, I'll do it. Ouch. Yeah. I'm like, um, OK. <laughs> well, you know what? You can some will. And I'm not one of them. Some will make that argument that, you know, you're tired at the end of the day, you don't want to be talked to and all of the stuff. That's crap. The truth about it is, is that as an artist, as a creator, as whatever you do, the people who come up to you and do that are a reason why you are where you are. Yeah. You know, so if you got five minutes, five seconds, I talked to Jeff Darrow 
that year. Yeah. And that dude is like numero uno on my list. And he sat me down and he talked and we, you know, talked about art and all kind of shit. And I was just a little kid again. Right. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was just that. It was that Arthur Adams story. I when I met oh, Arthur Adams when I was thirteen years old. Arthur Adams. I met oh, him when wow. I was, I, I met him when he did Long Shot. It was the year I read Watchmen and The Dark Knight in in Canada. And <laughs> uh I asked my mom to send all my Arthur Adams books. Well, she did because she doesn't know comic books. So shout to you, mom. I know you're not going to listen to this, but shout to you anyway. <laughs> and, um, I stood online for that. And bear with me. I stood online with this dude at the height of his career. He's come off a long shot. He's doing the X-Men annuals. And it was one book per issue. And I had a book. And then my cousin was going to work. And he said, get my books on. Or I'll fucking kill you. So I had, <laughs> I had 100 books with me. And I had to pick one. You know, so... I gave him my long shot. Screw my cousin. I gave him my long shot. <laughs> and um, he signed it and he went on his, I went on my way. And I got back online and I came back around and stood online again. And I kept doing that. And eventually I got to like book five or six and he looks up at me and I'm kind of like trying to hide my face. And he goes, didn't I sign your book? And I went, yeah, you did. And he goes, hey kid, you know it's one book per customer. And I looked behind me and I said, I'm the only one here, guy. <laughs> and he started to laugh, and he signed all my books. Wow, that's great! Wow. Every single one of my books. <laughs> that, see that that that's stuff, and love, that's accessibility. I, you yeah, know, that's that's just yeah. You know, who who was the, the artist that drew the Batman? I'm movie? not. Wait, oh, who drew the Batman? Oh, I thought you were gonna say who who I'm who I'm shouting now. No, no, no. Um, oh, the one who's with Fil- Filmation. Um, shoot, I'll have to get his name later on. Cook? He was Tom Cook. Yeah. Tom Cook. Yeah, yeah, Tom Cook. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he was great. He was, okay. he was really he was accessible yeah. also. Yeah. You should be. You should be. Right. I mean, well, it's, you're the reason. They're the reason. The fans are the reason why you are able to do what you love to do. Yeah. You know, and it doesn't hurt to go, hey, you know, I love if somebody comes to you and goes, I love your work. You should thank you. You know, what do you, you know, anybody who reads my book, I want to know. I, I told you. I told uh, everybody yeah. I read it. Everybody who bought that book. I was like, if you're at con, come back and tell me what you thought of it. Mm-hmm. I want to know. Yeah, I yeah. want to know. Uh, email me. Whether good or bad, I want to know. I yeah. want to know what you thought. Well, yeah, there was. Um, I cannot think of the. Uh, oh wait, it's what was the guy? Who was the guy that uh, was on Law and Order for years? The old guy, Jerry. Oh, oh or, or back, or back, yeah, yeah. or back, yeah, yeah the Jerry one who Orbach. played Munch. There was um, yeah, no, 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 not Munch. Uh, the the Law and Order regular one, okay. Jerry Orbach. Um, Dirty he, Dancing. Yeah, there, yes. there was that movie too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> um, it was soon after he had died. They were saying that they were talking about him and um, uh, Sapatha Mer. Was it Sapatha? The, the captain, I can't think of her last name. The what? The black captain of the squad. Oh, I know you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, she was talking about a story that, uh, and it was actually a little bit unflattering to her, so it was an interesting story she was telling. She said that, uh, you know, several years before then, uh, you know, she and uh, Jerry were sitting in, like, the commissary of the area mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And, and fans, they didn't, like, come up per se, but they were, like, came near, and they were like, hey, hi, you know. And she said, you know, it was a busy day for her. She goes, even though it wasn't an excuse, she goes, but uh, she was kind of like, ugh. You know, these people are kind of annoying me. And Jerry just turned to her. He goes, never said that. He goes, these people are the only reason that we have money to that pay for truth. all of our bills. That he goes, so no matter what your day is like, he said, you turn and you smile. And he got up. He shook people's hands yep. and went back to eating again. You know, that means something. it is. It's yeah. something. You know, people, a lot of people forget that. Yeah. I, I, you know? I got to be honest with you. In an industry, I know dudes like you've run into that are just standoffish. And that that really affect even like before I started working in the industry and I'm like, you know, oh, and I got names too, so we can definitely yeah, after the podcast. <laughs> I, I will tell you stories that are going to light you on fire. But with that being said, I don't like being lit on fire. <laughs> but with that being said, 
when those things happen to me and I'm at the comic store, that really matters in me picking that book up. No, it does. I was just about to say that we all know how just in in regular life, non-famous people, people that piss you off or annoy you or, you know, just give you a bad feeling, how you just don't want to do them favors or it colors other things that they do or have done. It's like, so especially an entertainer. I mean, there's a lot like, for instance, I I, I think I've never met the guy, but I mean, I think Russell Crowe. Yes, he has he has good acting ability, but he's such a dick that I can't stand watching any movie with him. Like yeah, I don't I watch him, yeah, because I because everything I know about him or have heard about him just colors me so badly that I just can't get that out of my mind when I'm yeah. trying to watch him. Hey, so Robin Hood was a good movie, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> what, Men in Tights. <laughs> Wait, Robin Hood. Were, were you drinking at the time? Where you didn't care? There I was a lot of care. There Girl. was a lot of Dragonberry involved. So. There's a lot of Dragonberry involved. Yeah, yeah. Ralph's drink of choice, Dragonberry. That's right. Well, well, going back to um, going back to the whole idea of fan, you know, fandom. You were obviously to get into this industry. You were a fan as yeah. well. No. What were some of your influences growing up? Like, um, whether art-wise or just, you know, loving the industry-wise? What was, like, some things you were I like? Just, I was a comic kid. I was that dude. You, you go to, you know, to my comic collection. I got books going back before I was born. Right. You know, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, well, before I was born. <laughs> yeah, I have books that go back then. I have books before I knew what a comic book was. That once I became a comic collector, I went back and got them, you know? So... Yeah, it was just... But as a kid, though, which one was the one you were like, I'm running out the store to buy any particular title? I was... I used to... I used to spend when comics were 75 cents. Oh, yeah, that's right. And I used to spend, you know, $20 a week Mm -hmm. just grabbing stuff off the shelves. And it was covers and, you know, it was Mike Zek, Arthur Adams, you know, Mike Golden. It was Shankwitz. It was... It was... It was... that, That age... Everybody's book was different. Right. Everybody's book was good as the book that the other guy yeah, was when doing. You, when you mentioned Sankovich, all I could think of was uh, the New Mutants. I yeah. loved his. Yeah, well, the yeah, I have a couple of those, yeah. you know. And you got, you know, Thor, and it's like it, yeah. it was just so. There was a. I was a fan of everybody. You couldn't ask me who uh, my favorite artist was because I ran down the list, and then you really couldn't argue. Right. Or if somebody said, "I like this guy more than this guy," or he's just as good, it was. I couldn't. It held water. Well, I couldn't well now was that more of your importance? Was the art or the story? What was your importance at that it point? Was both. Okay. See, for it me, was it was both. always both, and I never, and even now, Cap and I will talk, and I, I, I don't remember a lot of artists or even writers. Um, I remember books because I'm. That was always my sto- thing. Was yeah, yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. For, yeah. For me, it was the yeah. opposite. For me, I, I mean, I was drawn in because I was such an art heavy kid yeah you know that That's, it was all was about the, okay jim lee wolf Portasio, um early early um mcfarlane right um i wasn't i wasn't even put on to john romita jr until later on to appreciate his style well, he was my first favorite really it was, it was one of your first X-Men favorites 197 i'll never oh, forget wow. that X-Men what, was, what was that one about it was it was that. stupid it was it was colossus <laughs> it was stupid it, when it comes down to it <laughs> it was uh colossus and kitty Pryor fighting i think nimrod or something like that oh okay i think i remember the cover actually yeah, yeah, I was, i'm trying to that's why i'm trying to go through my yeah, head I'm and like, i oh, actually okay. that was like the first x-men book i bought and i go back to like x-men early hundreds wow. and then i went yeah. up to like the, the Sylvester 200, the Marauders and love, stuff like that. Sylvester's and then I got that, the buddy. Jim Lee, the Golden Jim Lee early stuff. Uh, uh, you know, so it, it goes right. on to that. You know, but um, it was story. You know, okay. the, you know, you guys get in those conversations. We talk about Secret Wars and how yeah. Peter Rasputin had to go back and tell uh, Kitty Pride he had a relationship. I actually, at Comic-Con, I talked to David Yarden because okay. he did a cover that was like a remake or a... Uh, uh, an homage to the love story cover, which was Storm and Forge mm-hmm. looking yeah. off. He did yeah. one, and I actually saw it online. And at Comic Con, I went up to him and said, "Dude, look, that was fantastic." Yeah. You know, you know. So yeah, 
Okay. Yeah. I was kind of curious. I think my first, the first comic that I bought <laughs> with cover and stuff like that, because as a kid, you know, my mom used to bring me home like the half cover ones, three mm-hmm. in a bag for like 25 cents. Right. Um, the first comic I ever bought was X-Men number 144. And I know that it was like a two-part story or a three-part story that involved Doctor Doom eventually. Okay. But it was Arcade had yeah. kidnapped the X-Men. Yes, yes. Hey, yeah, yeah, Arcade oh had kidnapped goodness. the X-Men. And then I think it was either the next issue or two issues after that. It was like Storm was dealing with Doctor Doctor Doom had encased her in like a living um, like steel or something like that. Mm-hmm. But but she wasn't able to move like Peter could move or something like that. So right. and then of course her claustrophobia set off her weather powers. And then uh, you know, do they even do that anymore? Is she claustrophobic anymore? I think it comes up literally. They like did, I'm claustrophobic. They, they, <laughs> they have to show her for that to be able to come up. Yeah. I'm claustrophobic. That's why my best are rare. The only oh, wow. <laughs> oh fuck, <laughs> it's pretty much what it is. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. Depends on who's drawing her. Well, Aurora we used to walk around naked in the in the in the mansion. Kids and all remember that. You oh know? yeah, no, that's true. You know, she had her atrium. She'd walk around and you know, like Stone put something on. She put the clouds over her. Or whatever. Right. You know, like, yeah, no, I remember that. They used to do that. So. Oh man, but so wow. So you so you figure out now you're more story driven. Was it when you started like realizing I can draw and you started drawing? What was an artist you kind of leaned on to kind of say, okay, well, I kind of like his style. I kind of like some of the things he does. So that kind of you or know. Adams. Art Adams, totally. Art Adams. Yeah. And Jeff Darrow. I love noodling. Liefeld, you said? Oh, did oh. I? Did I? Oh, I whoa, I whoa. I we, we're not going artist bashing right yet. Field? Did you say right field? <laughs> <laughs> no, so, so, Art, so Art Adams and, and, and um, Jeff. It was anybody who noodled. Anybody who could draw a picture of a dude going through a truck, and in the truck, I could see the Dunkin' Donuts cup of coffee. Right. I could tell what kind of donut he had in there. Right. I could tell you what was playing on the radio and what station it was on. Anybody who had George that Perez. Intri- you, George, George. Well, I, I saw George Perez draw a centaur one day. It was it was at Comic Con. I met Arthur Adams. That he was sitting next to, him. and I just oh, nice. I sat there for three hours and I just watched him. And he's like, "Kid, are you okay?" And I'm like, "Yeah." <laughs> I'm a real good writer, you know. So again, yeah, you go back to those crisis books. Yeah, even the covers. Well, the covers you know, were just are phenomenal because, like, he three hundred thousand characters on there. Every DC universe character in the covenant was like, yeah. Jesus Christ, man, are you insane? <laughs> you, in a good way. In a good yeah, way. no, so, so, no. George Perez, Adams were just Art Adams, was fantastic. And, yeah. and mind you, I had an argument with Troy. Shout out to Troy. I hope everything's okay. Um, Troy and I, oh, we talk comics, and back when I was younger, he would say stuff like, well, who's your favorite artist? And this is like 95, so I'm saying Jim Lee. And he's looking at me like, Jim Lee, not for nothing, what about George Perez? So I say three words that I want to take back. There's sometimes in your life you want to take words back, I want to take these words back. Fuck George Perez. <laughs> fuck George Perez. George's like, what? I go, fuck George Perez. He goes, come here. Come here. He takes me to Forbidden Planet. When Forbidden Planet was on 59th Street, they had a second location yes, sir. on 59th Street um, between 2nd and 3rd, I believe, or like 60th Street. Anyway, it was up. It was near my school. I went to the High School of Art and Design, mm-hmm. and he, there's a poster that George Perez did of the entire Marvel Universe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he was like, take notes, motherfucker. Yeah. Take notes. Look at how all of these guys are drawn in detail and in proportion. And, and it was just such a great splash you know poster that i was kind of like i had to shut up i had right. to shut up because i was yeah. like how could i even i mean and not, not not taking away anything from jim lee they have two different styles yeah. but just george perez on you know perspective and, and just like how he, how he had everybody looking just oh it was just so fantastic 
That, oh, yeah. So when you're saying about that stuff, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Well, there's a lot of French illustrators. You know, Black Sad over there. Oh, know, yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. That guy, that guy is scary as hell. Yeah, you know, uh, Cheryl Masamune, who do Ghost in a Shell. And yeah. You know, just, yeah. Just, just the noodlers. You go in there and those black and white pages, I could just stare at. But see, like, yeah, oddly enough, I mean, as much as I love the detail, like I said, I love Art Adams and all those guys, um, I, I always had a soft spot because I also love the story. I don't know if you've ever read any of the Tomb of Dracula, but I love no, Gene I Colan because okay. his artwork was very wispy. Yeah. But yet he had, I mean... Neil Adams, I mean, is just well was a lot much better. Uh, but I mean, <laughs> Neil Adams was great as well. But I still think for me that Gene Colan had the most variety of facial expressions ever. Yeah, like, that's and that was what yeah. always amazed me because like, even when I look back at Tomb of Dracula now, like like you know, like most artists have, um, you know, especially today it seems like more so. But it's like most artists just have a certain type of person they draw. Yeah, where Gene Colan, everybody was different. Yeah, I mean, you could see it was his hand, but there was no like. Well, if you just change the hairstyle, that's really the same four people over there, yeah. you know. Well, you know what, too, for me personally, the comic art took generations. You're talking about the Wispy generation. I'm, right. You know, those guys and you had Stranko and those guys did the long strokes and the wind mm-hmm. and stuff like right. that. And then it evolved in the 80s and the 90s. Arthur Adams kind of forefronted. You could make the argument, my, uh, Mike Golden, too. Mike also, Golden, okay, okay, know, yeah. Uh, you know, did that. And then those two guys with the noodlers, mm-hmm. and then they led the way to the noodlers. And then Madiwara, Joe Madiwara came, and he was the anime kind of slash kind of, you know, big hand. Ramos. You know? Yeah. Oh, oh, that dude's a workhorse from what I heard. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, yeah, Umberto him, Ramos? Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> He's a nice face, right? <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, when I give you away any secrets, it's well known that Mike is not a fan of Umberto Ramos, particularly on Amazing Spider-Man. Okay. All right. All right. We, we walked by him at uh, Artist Alley, uh-huh. and I, I think Mike was holding back the spit that he wanted to throw. Wow. <laughs> Ramos just looked up. I'm like, I gotta know what's your beef. Is that off, off it's podcast? Just, it's, it's, no, no, no. It's just his drawing. I, I, I have no ties to the industry. I just don't <laughs> like. Um, I don't like the the kind of anime character he does face wise uh, it, it's it's just like you know like there'll just be these weird facial expressions that people have suddenly and i'm like i don't get what he's trying to tell me <laughs> i mean otherwise he's fine but i had bought the uh, the cap for a birthday present like the yes. very first comic he ever drew on and he drew like a normal person nice <laughs> yeah so it's just so his, his but he style. obviously found his own style you know yeah yeah. But but it's funny how you're talking about the evolution of, of certain kind of art, you know, in, in a comic yeah. book, especially when you talk about um, jo, um, Joe, how did you pronounce his last name? Because I usually pronounce it differently. Madiwara? Yeah. I, mean, I never get that right. I always so. say Madiria. So, he's yeah. going he's gonna, to, he's gonna, you know, come to me and say, look, dude, get it right. You know, it's <laughs> I'm waiting for it because I can never say it right. And he's the one who did Darkstalkers, right? Yeah. Yeah, but he did, he had, well, video he had X-Men and he did Battle Chasers, you know. It was, oh, Battle he Chasers. Ushered, he ushered in that style. I know? remember that. I remember. You want to hear a story? I used to, when I was submission guys going to Marvel all the time, uh, what's his name? I was, people were always like, you have an anime style. I guess I watched a lot of anime. But um, I remember one of the editors looked at my work and he said, oh, you remind me of Joe downstairs. And I, to this day... I'm wow. like, was he talking about this cat? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Joe Mad. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. What about John Byrne? No one ever talked about John Byrne. I was not like John Byrne. John, John, Byrne. Byrne. John, oh. Byrne, John Byrne. John Byrne. John Byrne still. Have you seen the stuff that he's done? I haven't. He does. He, he does, does Next Men. Yeah, but it, no, no, no. He does commission work. Oh, okay. No, Go that on would YouTube. YouTube.com. Just type in John Byrne. This guy gets work from him. And um, he'll ask him to draw a character. And he'll do like the Sandman. But he'll take comic pages, which are 11 by 17. He'll put 18 of them together. And he'll do Sandman. And he'll do the history of Sandman around him. Wow. It is amazing, amazing. stuff. Yeah. 
That's yeah, crazy, really. No, I mean, I think Byrne, I, like I said, as far as um, on, I guess, a production level, comic-wise, I feel he's kind of slipped a bit, it feels like, for me in the last like, few years. I feel like he's, it's almost like he's been phoning it in. Yeah. For, for some stuff like well, he's like it's a, minimalized all of his backgrounds. I mean, mm-hmm. like because you know the X Men during the whole Dark Phoenix saga. I mean, yeah. he, he drew them. I mean, he's another one that you call him, I guess, noodlers. You know, where yeah. I mean, you saw every book on the bookshelves yeah. in yeah. the in the the Hellfire Club. I mean, yeah. there was nothing. I mean, he but how miss. old is the dude now? Yeah, I was about to say he's yeah. got to be like yeah. what 190 by this yeah. point or something. You know? You know? But he still got it. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. I, if anything, 64. I was 64. Oh wow. Okay. Good job, Tech. Yeah. Definitely. Wow, he's, a, he's, a, yeah. he's up there. Yeah. yeah. All right. Um, two two real brief questions. Um, number one, and this is something that uh, I had a couple of questions around this point, but I said let me just change it to this. Do you prefer if because I know you you love working on your own work, but let's say you couldn't work on your own work, and you got to work for one of the houses, would you prefer story or cover? You can't do the inside. No, I mean, you can do the inside, but I'm saying, like, do you prefer doing cover and story? Oh, oh I see what you mean. You know, like, like basically oh, doing the inside. Story, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Writing. I'm sorry. Let me, be, let me be more specific. You actually, what I would prefer. What would you prefer? I'd rather do my own story. You do your own I'd story. Rather than, I'd rather go in there and go, I want to do, I want to pitch a story. And I want to draw it. I want to write it. I want to create it. And they go, what's your credential? And I throw my book and go, there it is. Wow. <laughs> I want to do that. Right. And okay. I, I, I have a real taste for that now. Like, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a minute away from going, that's all I want to do. Really? Like, you, wow. know, you know, you want to draw extra pages? Like, no. no. <laughs> well, there no, goes my, I don't. Well, that goes my other I wanna, question. <laughs> I want to do my. I want to do. I want to do X Men story. You know, I definitely want to do that. But um, to answer your question, I'd rather do the inside pages. Really, it's more art to do. Okay, and right. it's more of an influence. Because I, I, I speak to a, a couple of artists, the artists that like to speak to me, and and which which is most of them actually. Um, and some people say, you know what, I don't. I actually like doing covers because X Y Z X Y Z. And then some people say, well, I like story because it's more involved. Yeah. You know, you know, and you can see my hand telling a story. Yeah. As opposed to trying to put together a story in one kind of sum up of a cover. Yeah, just it's one illustration. I've I've I get that I have that answer because I picked up a book and I've been blown away by the insides more than the outside. Right. I'm like, why is this dude doing the cover? You know, I never so, understand that. By the way, yeah. like, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess they just maybe said they already had something on hand or whatever. But a lot of times, I'm like, why didn't you just get the person that drew the inside to do the cover? Yeah. It was just one more thing. Well, well, well <laughs> I, I mean, I remember for me it was the opposite. Growing as a '90s kid, loving X Factor, X Factor took a while before they had a, an artist that I liked. They had John Bogdanov, which is why we always argue about John Bogdanov. Mm-hmm. Because, um, Simonson? Before Simonson came Before Simonson yeah. came along. Simonson was all right. Eh, you know, like, no. I, like, because, I mean, when you when you get Jim you, Lee and you grew up in Jim Lee and you get Simonson, you're like, I want Jim Lee. because you see Simonson's Beat Ray Bill stuff? The Thor stuff, yeah. People like Thor. It. I always you mention Thor every time <laughs> you talk about Simon. I'm like, see, how so, can you not like his yeah, Thor? Well, that's what it is. Is that if he didn't see that yeah, Thor exactly. stuff, yeah, exactly. See, Simonson can do anything because you're just like that's Simonson. Yeah, you know, and he's a nice guy too. No, he's so, a very nice guy. I've actually met him well, a couple of times. Yeah. Once again, he used to go to old uh, Cosmic Comics on uh, 23rd Street when it existed. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool, he's been okay. in there a few times. Him and um, I also. Not an artist; he's a writer. But um, oh, I can't think of the guy's name. He did She Hulk for like three volumes. Can um, I, can I, Dan Slot. Dan Slot. Yeah. Okay. Getting back real to back to the fan base. Can I guys tell you a story real quick? Oh, okay. A real quick story. Sure. I'll, I'll be as quick as I could. No problem. Um, I just got out of school. My grandmother, for graduation present, sent me to San Diego Comic Con. First nice. one ever. Right? Can I be adopted? What she, the fuck? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> my my me... birthday just passed. I didn't. <laughs> I, I didn't get anything. <laughs> so what happened was, um, 
it's my first one there. I'm by myself. I don't know anybody. And um, Marvel's there, and I have pages I want to show. And um, Claremont just came back to start writing X Men with Jim Lee. So it was that. It was wow. That. So um, it wasn't the X Men. It was some of the thing he was doing. And um, it wasn't Jim Lee. Jim Lee was over doing Divine Right. I'm sorry, it wasn't Jim Lee. But Divine Claremont, Right. Yeah, he was doing Divine Right. And yeah. There's a reason I know that, but we'll talk about that. Well, off off Okay. So anyway, <laughs> <laughs> what happened was he had a massive fan base around him. And I stood online like everybody, but I didn't. I wasn't there to sign a book. I was there to show my pages. So I went to him and I said, "Listen, can you look at my pages?" And he said, "Oh, kid, I got a lot of guys around me. Come back later." I said, "Okay." So I waited. Show ended. I went there before the show ended. Sorry. And he came back and he said, "Wait till the show ends and come back." Okay. So I went when the show ended. Everybody's packing up to go. Right. And I said, "Hey," gave him a little tug. Sorry, you said you look at my stuff. And he said, okay, kid, I'll look at And he had people with him. And he was like, listen, I promised this kid something. I'm going to do it. You guys, wait, give me a second. So he's going through my stuff, and he's taking his time, and he's hitting what's wrong, hitting what's right, hitting what I need to do, hitting what I don't need to do, hitting what works or what doesn't. And his entourage, I don't know who she was, but it looked like somebody very close and daring, mm -hmm. went to him and said, we got to go, we got to go, we got people waiting for him. And he went, excuse me for a minute. And he turned around, he looked there and he said, I said, I'm dealing with this guy. I'm going to be a minute. Or I'm going to be an hour. Now I'm going to take the time to deal with him because he was patient and let me, you know, do what I had to do. He said, if you can't go, if you can't wait for me, go without me, I'll meet you there. Turned around and just <laughs> wow. kept looking. And he, said, he apologized. I'm jaw dropped. And he's <laughs> like, okay. And I'm like, Please, yeah. You know, and so what we said about, yeah. you know, giving the fans, you know, what they, that was just, oh, that's he nice. is, that's absolutely you know, great. Claremont is just, oh my God, number one, number one guy. So, oh man. That, that was just, great. that was phenomenal. Because he could have just said, hey kid, I'm busy, I gotta go, and took off. Right, and, exactly. And, you know, he had people with him and he was like, go without me. And if you don't yeah. like it, you don't like it. Right. right. Nice. That is fantastic. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah. All right. So well, I have oh, one well, more question. Oh, go ahead. Shoot. Alrighty. Um, reading the book, I you know I'm a very visual person as it is. Uh, as, when I'm reading, I, I visualize everything in motion and stuff like that. Uh -huh. So of course I'm looking at this and I'm like, all right, I really do see this with the capability of being a movie mm. of some form. I really do. I mean, I, I can see it and I can see how it would be interesting. You know, because it's. It's 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 got just two different feels, like you said, between two different genres. It's it's also involving, like I said, it's involving a time period with Japan, but it's also dealing with a little bit of blacks and slaves and stuff right. like that. So I mean, it's got a very interesting twist in there. Um, who would you want to have direct it? Oh man, that's, 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 I, I, I wow! This is going to be a movie. That's a, that's a there's true no hard feelings out there. I don't want to burn anybody. Yeah, no, no, no hard feelings. No hard feelings. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. You're not saying people you don't like. You're just saying right. people you'd prefer. Well, I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Well, Actually, like, come out with a few names. You'll have to pick the one. When the podcast gets to Hollywood, and then <laughs> that dude's name who's interested isn't on it, <laughs> you know. And can I get back? Can I come back? And we have the, you know, I yell at all you guys for ruining my movie. You know, that is a truly good answer. Okay. You know, I'll give you that one. I actually have in my head a, a trailer. Oh, really? And everything like that. Okay. Well, wow. the truth be told is um, you know, the, the, to compensate for the books coming out once a year, I did a web series that takes that takes place in between the stories. That's a side story okay. that keeps the reader invested. So, you know, when you guys read the book, you have the web series that has content that goes into the next book. Yeah. As you know, it's not the main story. It's a side story that gives depth to the main story. Okay. So... I also had that in mind too. So, oh, wow. you know, the movie ever if it ever materialized into a movie. Okay. Um, I mean, dude, I Spielberg, 
Yeah, like, why not? I, <laughs> go go large. Know, because when I do it, then it's just, um, you know what? I can die now. You know, <laughs> you know I'm not talking about dying. You yet. know, I, I mean, you know, I can, I can, I can, I can smile on my face. You right. know, there's, there's a lot of guys out there. Is I can't say for sure because each one brings. Hey, if Tarantino did it, I wouldn't. Oh I wouldn't God, hate that either. That would be great. That would, <laughs> actually, yeah. that would be great. There, you know, well, it seems I, like it would be like a, a good Tarantino. It would. Right. It yeah, would, no, that, you know, but he throw in a snappy dialogue. Right. Like, I was about to like, say, cut. Not... Wait a minute. That's not the script. <laughs> yeah, but you don't say cut to that dude. Then I don't have a flick anymore. It'd be like. You cut the motherfucking leopard. <laughs> you know? Like, how could I love this and hate this at the same time? Like, right. you made it better? <laughs> you know? But um, it definitely, I, I gotta. I well, gotta. I mean, it wouldn't be a diss to this guy because you don't have any explosions. So I guess Michael Bay just would not be wow. the first well, person. <laughs> well, Bay would take my story, not read it, read the title, you know, put Megan Fox in it. And, you know. so, I, so I take it we have put one director under the bus. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, Awesome Kitty, nah. I mean, I mean you know what? I like, you know, ugh, I, I'm, I'm an 80s kid. And he made '80s movies that weren't '80s comics or '80s. I have, I have the Ninja Turtle comic books. I right. have those. Right. And they're red bandana before they all became pizza eating in your right. hip and that's cartoon stuff that came out. And um, again, I have Transformer. I'm a Transformer fan from the old show, from the old movie with Unicron. And my favorite, yeah. my favorite Autobot, the first Autobot I ever bought. Right. Was the first one who died. You guys know what that is? Trivia? Nope. Trivia? Ironhide. Wrong. Wait, hold on. First, Wrong. The first Autobot that the died? The first Autobot that died. Come on. Come on. Okay. Was it Prowl? Yeah, Mr. Transformer. Prowl. Prowl. Prowl was the first one to die. And that was the first one I got. So that destroyed me. You know? <laughs> I, it took me a while to think about yeah, that. I'm like, it, no. It, it was he got Prowl. shot first. Because Prowl, I remember yeah. watching that and I was just like, wait. Smokes coming out of his eyes. Is, he's dead. Like, and I was a little kid. That that blew me away. <laughs> that, that that movie still fucking so, traumatizes me. <laughs> if if Bay came to me and said, "We're gonna do this like the book," I think he has a really good eye. I think he's a really good cinematographer. I do. Okay. But my that. problem is, he takes his franchises and goes, "I don't care what it was. It is Michael Bay stuff now." Right. If he said that about me, we'd be like, "No, I don't think so." Right. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I there's screenwriters. You know, you got David Hayter. You know, those guys from you know legendary mm-hmm. stuff. Like, there's there's a group of guys who do action movies well Snyder I would I would love Snyder's slow motion monocolored stuff yeah man right yeah, yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. A little John I, Woo I in there. Get a little John Woo in there. John a, yeah, Woo. definitely. That would be cool. Yeah. So, so, so let me ask this: If somebody's interested in the book, where can they find it? Because uh, I know that if you go to your local comic book shop, you might not find it. You might not. And that's, so that's not my fault for that. Right. So, but um, for those who want it, they can go to www.blackberryjuice.net. You can get it there. It's also digitally distributed. It's, it, I just got Comixology. I'm just waiting for it to go live. Nice. Okay. Now, are we going to um, get the different versions? Can I get like a black and white there? The Comixology version I broke up into three comic books. Okay. It's going to be chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. Okay. The graphic novel itself is is all three of them in its entirety, but I broke it up into those. Um, local comic store, try your luck. You know, ask them. Maybe they'll place an order. You can get off the website. You got the coffee table edition, which yeah, is the, I was the just gonna ask about version. that. Which okay. is, is a great coffee bound version. Reading it on the train, that's where you get the most looks. Because I'm reading it on the train, <laughs> people are like, what? "He's reading a piece of wood." <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was old, but damn. <laughs> you say it's, it's an ancient Japanese manuscript. Yeah, well, that, that was the point. It was supposed to be a replicant of Daiki's journal in the book, and. uh 
I, you know, coffee table edition is the, the book, you, you know, your wife or your girlfriend lets you keep in front of guests. You know, it's like, all right, listen, my mom's coming over. Get that Batman shit out of here. That's, that's how you sold me on, you know? on that. I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it. He said, oh, but the coffee table. He said that, and I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. getting that. Yeah, I'm I wanted, it, I wanted it to be a piece of art. Well, it, it's it's fantastic. I love I love the the um the the stuff you've chose, how to draw it, and every every thought you you did about putting it together. Everything yeah. you said, okay, well, you know, I'm going to use this style. I'm going to talk about this particular type of people. I'm going to use this line. Everything you've done, fantastic work. People, please Thanks, check it out. Thank Sons you. of Faith. John Paul's will be staying staying on for the podcast for a little bit, so yep. we'll be back with more. Meanwhile, 22 pages later, after I don't know, we'll just be back. <laughs> Hey guys, this is The Cap, letting you know that your voice is important. We still want to hear from you. Tell us what you thought of our last episode. Channel your inner Mike the Finance Guy and let us know if we got something wrong, which he's really good at doing. Help us with Geeks on the Go questions, or even compliment us on our horrible impersonations. Your impersonations aren't that bad, Doc. Thanks, Kev, even though I thought that was. So, (laughs) show us some nerd love on Twitter at Meanwhile22 or like our page on Facebook. You can also check out our website at Meanwhile22PagesLater.com. That 22 is a number. And if you have enough time, send us a positive review on iTunes. Wow. We're really begging, aren't we? Now let's get back to the show. What a way to come back. Rob was like, you ready? Bam. <laughs> was he Emerald? <laughs> well, yeah. Em- em- Bam. Damn. Make it good. Shit. <laughs> I don't even watch Emerald. Fuck that shit. All right. So welcome to the second half. And, you know, we like reviewing stuff. It's kind of what we've um, done recently the past couple of about a couple of months, actually. We review something all podcast. Where the hell is he no, been? No, 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 no. Because remember in the beginning, we were doing Caps a lot of theoretical questions. Like, right. if Superman makes a movie, will it be good? You know, we do shit like that. No. <laughs> but but we moved away from the theoretical stuff and did. we're very review heavy now. Right. So what I was going to say was, you know, we, we've been sticking with that. And it just seems like this whole fall season of shows has been really, really good, you know, um, nerd-wise. And one of the shows we haven't touched in a while and I'm glad we're finally touching it now. That just sounds so kinky. Is um, <laughs> Walking Dead season five? Um, it's been a good run so far. We're what seven episodes in already? So uh, I think so, or maybe six or something like that. Do you enjoy touching trails, Cap? Wow. I'm just, I'm just asking because you know, it seems like you enjoy touching them. Okay. Where do you I, touch them? I'm gonna ignore that statement and I'm gonna go right to the synopsis with the guy who always gives the synopsis. Wait, are we doing Mike the Finance guy? What, what do you mean? Are we doing Mike the Finance Guy? I thought we had our, our, our special... Uh, nope. Oh, he's not He's not coming? Nope. All right. <laughs> so with the synopsis of Walking Dead Season 5 thus far is MFG Mike the Finance Guy. And everybody's happy to hear it. <laughs> Except for Gigi. Gigi's waiting for your special guest to show She can up. just keep waiting. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, I don't know where you were when the zombie apocalypse occurred, but I was watching it on TV. Now, the show about a ragtag group of survivors is back, and it's picking up after the heart-pounding finale of season four, where Rick took a bite out of crime, Carl nearly had his cherry popped prison style, and the whole gang minus four united in Terminus for dinner, only to find out that they were the Soylent Green entree. So now, um, we have season five is kicking off with a bang, thanks to Carol's one-shot mission-critical trajectory training and her BFA acting degree, so that Glenn uh, didn't get a Colombian necktie he had coming. Bob tried to leave, but lost his footing. Therese did his impression of an unshaved pussy. 
No one, not even Maggie, cares about Beth. A redheaded Lorax ordered Korean takeout, and we learned that no matter what you call it, whether it's hockey hair, the ape drape, the show low, the Camaro crash helmet, the Tennessee top hat, the Kentucky waterfall, the Missouri compromise, the Mississippi mud flap, the beaver paddle, or the achy breaky big mistakey, if you try and bring back the mullet, you're probably going to die. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. So that's, I mean, so far, that's pretty much Walking Dead right now in a nutshell. Yeah. Well, much. okay. So let's let's go right into it. Um, I, I like you said in the synopsis, the last season left us at terminus. Yeah. Um, and for I don't want to. Well, actually, Ralph, can you press the spoiler Hit button, that spoiler please? Spoiler button. He forgot where it was. Oh, there it is. Warning, As he's, he's playing with <laughs> pussy. <laughs> so leave Ralph alone. I'm, I'm pussy <laughs> well i'm a pussy i am what i ate <laughs> so okay so let's go into it season five um picks up where we left off with terminus and you know the um them capturing most of the people in um in in the walking dead series were you surprised that it was carol that that saved them it was surprising that it was carol but carol's i don't know carol's like the man now <laughs> <laughs> is that because of a haircut uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, it was really great there. I mean, I, spoiling it for our, our guest here, who at least watches uh, some of The Walking Dead. Not for Ralph, who doesn't give a damn about The Walking Dead. Wait, you're talking about a show? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a good show. Yeah, a good show for a change. Yeah. Good show. I mean, they left all the tanks alone. How can it be good? Oh, God. <laughs> wait, wait. There's no tanks in, in Once Upon a Time. You watch that shit. There is a tank. There's a tank? Yeah, it's a magical tank. It's invisible. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> anyway, your point. It's a tank top. <laughs> that too. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. No, I mean, it was surprising. I, mean, I think that was like the great thing that you realized Carol had been watching the group ever since she was dismissed by Rick. Yeah, and you know, but like I said, it was kind of funny. I mean, it, it, it was a great way that she saved them, but it was just like, have you been like studying with NASA? I mean, she just knew how to like fire a rocket, fire one a shot. firework, not <laughs> even not even a rocket, not even like a, a you know a missile or no right. a fucking firework. <laughs> it's not that hard. Well, oh, yeah, with, yeah. <laughs> with her precision aim, it was, you know. But I mean, it was just—it was a great moment. It was just—it was also great to see that Carol is extremely capable. You know, yes. when you see that she moved up from, you know, just this battered, abused wife to you know somebody that you know kill you in a second. Look at the flowers. Look at the <laughs> look, flowers. Look at the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Bang! <laughs> I was very—I was very impressed with, with with her. Did you at any point feel like? Did you at any point feel that um somebody was going to die in that episode? When they had them all lined up and again ready to gut them, uh, I didn't. I you know, did only, you want it? <laughs> no, no, because I mean, the, the only three that were aimed for death in in, in order, if I'm not mistaken, um, of uh, of of coming up on it was Glenn, Daryl, and Rick. Yeah, those are my three guys right there. Like you know, no one can touch Rick. Then you can't touch Daryl, and then you can't touch Glenn. Those are my guys. Like so, I'm like. None of them better die at this one moment in the opening scene. So Bob and Tyrese don't matter? Um, no. um, fellow black guys? Well, Bob <laughs> was fine. Tyrese, I'm waiting for him to die. Like, every <laughs> day. And he's only feeding more and more. Like, that guy's bigger than he was last season. <laughs> he, you want to talk about pussy? That's a big juicy pussy right there. <laughs> Where is he finding all this food during the zombie apocalypse? <laughs> There's like a KFC that only he knows about. <laughs> 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 Damn, I'm serious. It, it is kind of true because he's a, he's pretty big for the zombie apocalypse. Like, yeah. you can't you can't get that big on beans alone. No, he's getting bigger <laughs> all the time. But uh, but that annoyed me too because then you know the scene cut from you know dealing with that. But then it was him 
dealing with a uh, little what uh, uh, Judith. Judith, yeah, with that damn baby. You don't like babies, so you don't well, even know the that, fucking the name. The baby like, makes no sense. Now, okay, now are you caught up to where there's a baby, Jean Paul? Yeah. Okay. Now, where are you? I mean, I know you're behind the, the currencies, but like, are you I, at the prison? Yeah, I saw, I saw the episode you were talking about. Right, was not even just that particular episode, but I meant like, so you're at the prison, or have they left the prison yet? Um, I'm, I, I'm at the part like, like the season started, and I've watched like two episodes okay. coming on it, so I'm not. I'm caught up, but there's maybe right. pieces I haven't seen. Okay. Well, the only, okay. reason I, the only reason I mentioned that is because at least at the prison, they even made a big deal. They went out to get formula. Right. Okay. The prison is gone. They had no time to take anything. Da, 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 da. What is this baby eating? I mean, and we know that it is true that there are times, especially like those group communal groups and stuff like that, sometimes the women will be lactating. Yeah. That's not occurring here because we're not seeing that happen. So what is this baby eating? This is not a two-year-old. This is a literal, <laughs> what, three to six-month-old baby. Yeah. It should be dead. Maybe Tyrese yeah. is lactating. I could, believe, <laughs> I could 100% believe that. <laughs> you know? Do they have goats? <laughs> they no, have goats? they don't. They, they're just wandering around, whatever they find. Any pets? Nope. No, seriously, they don't. I, that's why I don't get it with the baby. That's my only problem. It's just that it doesn't make sense. It's not so much that I just don't want there to be a baby. It just it doesn't make any yeah. sense to me. But Tyrese watching the baby and the, the guy that they had tied up that escaped and then took the baby hostage. And, and when he was just like, I want you to leave. And then Tyrese has a gun. He's like, give me the gun. I'm like, he gave up that gun so fast. I thought the guy was going to promise him some short ribs and some and, and, and grape soda. I'm like, what? I'm like, you could have just shot him. What the hell's your problem? I hate this guy. Well, well I mean, I mean, I, you shoot him and the baby falls. That, that's, that's that was my argument too. It was about the baby. You know, like not not that he couldn't shoot him quick enough before he stabbed the baby, but that what would happen when he shot the baby? He's not. He's big. He's not fast. He ain't gonna go run and right. dive and catch right, the baby. But the option falls. was what? He was to go outside where there were multiple, and we knew at least there was a good three zombies yeah. out there with now no weapon. And, you know, so it's, and he knew the guy was going to kill the baby, period. It wasn't like the guy was like, hey, if you go away, I'll let the baby live. The, the guy talking like me basically was like, this baby won't make any kind of sense, you know? Right. So what was the worst that could happen? You know, like maybe the baby might get a little bruised up in the fall, or wow. I go outside, possibly get killed by zombies, and the baby gets killed anyway. Or I could just shoot the guy with the gun. Refrigerator logic. Yeah. <laughs> it just it just annoyed me because I again I just don't like the character. So yeah, that's it, was, it was you that was holding the baby hostage. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> no, because I would have just been like, shoot yourself. <laughs> <laughs> You're useless in this show. Shh, no. Don't break the fourth wall. <laughs> <laughs> he would have just been like, zombies. Here's a baby. <laughs> Toss it. They would have caught the baby. They're like, I got it. I got it. Sick like, like kibbles in bed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I had a little bit of issue with that. I, I just because Tyrese is written differently in the comic book than it yeah. is in the show, and the actor. I mean, don't get me wrong; he looks like Tyrese, you know, ish, ish, ish. ish. But because Tyrese is a big bruiser, I mean, he was like, you know, like a like jail body kind of guy, wasn't Locking he? In the, you comic? In the gym with a million zombies, yeah, and he comes out on top. <laughs> right. right. I was going to ask, how do you guys feel about the departure from the book? Um. I, oh, I, was to, I haven't read enough of the book and I intentionally made it so I had started reading the book actually before the show had come out it was just pure coincidence I just picked up uh, the uh, a compendium of like I think the first 25 books or whatever mm-hmm. I read up to they had just um, the, uh, the, the, the farm had just caught on fire so they ended that chapter of the book and that's when I put it down and the show had already yeah, started the the, right they hadn't gotten to the prison yet and I'm glad I hadn't read only because it, even though I know they make changes I just for me, it's all new. Like, like for instance, like with the barn, even though there were changes in the story, I still knew what was in the barn. The break was the prison, wasn't it? 
I think so. Yeah, yeah. That was because that's when well, I. Well, even even parts of I mean, even stuff that was happening in the prison. Or are you talking about the break was when they got to the prison, or the break was when the change the actual when when they deviated the actual, from yeah, from the, the okay. huge deviation. But 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 you're okay. saying they deviated when they got to the because things when they were in the prison, like even what's her name being alive, his wife being alive, Lori, Lori, Lori you know, she when they got there, right? It, yeah, it actually, it actually took a left turn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, I'm I'll be honest with you, I'm okay with it. Number one, because the original creator is involved. Yeah. So um, you can understand that it's still in the same vein of what the book would have been if you they told the book. They can both exist at the same right. time. Exactly, yeah. yeah. I understand. So I'm, I'm okay with that. You know, it's not like, you know, Rick, you know, Rick dies and, you know, like yeah. you change the whole book. It's like, no, 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 He no, comes back know. as an avenging spirit. Well, oh, for me, when they brought Tyrese in, I was excited because yeah. I thought it was going to be the comic Tyrese. And okay. when he wasn't, I was kind of like, oh. Yeah, now, how do you feel about Tyrese? Because everyone bashes me because I hate Tyrese so much but um, as a character in the I TV show. I like the comic Tyrese. Yeah. You know, <laughs> now, do you I find him to be useless in the in the, the television series? Yeah, because I read the comic. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's just, I mean, but like he, he has never, I can't think of any one thing. I'm not talking about he helped save one person. I mean, they all do. I can't think of anything that you're like, that's why Tyrese is there. Like, well, he's never shown that I'm capable of doing blank. Well, you, you know, know what? I would say anybody who's read the comic when that part when he was holding the baby and he said go outside we knew what was going to happen because he's done more than that ah okay okay so yeah. it was like okay we know what's going to happen here now what about <laughs> not, now what do you think of carol because i know that carol in the comic and the tv show are completely different. first of all she's far younger in the comic um and she's just not the same capable woman i guess right i like bits and pieces of the changes that happen so i like her more in the show Okay. Yeah, I love her in the show. She's yeah. a really big yeah. show favorite. She's a surprise. Too. She's yeah. a surprise character. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, so, and, but I was very interested because in this, I mean, last the second half of last season, they went, they basically divided the group up and they went with this multiple story storytelling. They said, okay, we're going to talk about this group and talk about that group and we talk about this group and then we're going to rotate the groups we talk about. And it seems like they're taking that same formula this year a little bit. A little bit. Well, this time well, they because, actually just well, split them up in two, whereas before we had like what four? Well, no, well, well think about it. You had you or had three, I guess. Now. Oh, well, you have three because right. you had you had Glenn and Maggie and the and the troopers and let's go to Washington. Right. You have Rick and his team, and then you have um, Daryl and Carol. I, I'm sorry, almost four well, because then you have Beth. Because then you have Beth, which who? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is why she's a teenager. She doesn't count in the zombie apocalypse. She doesn't count because she's useless. <laughs> <laughs> it's that girl, right? Yeah, exactly. Were you disappointed when, when you found out they still had a story for her and then she didn't end up dead on, well, on the side? I knew she sidewalk? wouldn't be dead. I mean, they wouldn't have just had her die off screen like that unless it was, you know, even still that story would have been about her dying if that was the case. But it's just, again, she's not Tyrese level of like useless. It's just that they've never really bothered to give her much of a story. Um, whereas Tyrese, they tried to you know make him effective, and it just hasn't mattered with her. She just never really had much of a chance. She's always just been that. Oh, we need a calming voice. That's you know, I guess maybe she's kind of the face, one of the faces of the new generations growing up during the zombie apocalypse. Maybe I, I well, don't yeah. know well, what they want to do. It you know, it can't all be Carl. Can't all be Carl. Carl, <laughs> but, Carl uh, Papa. <laughs> but um. Yeah, it's, that's my thing with her because every time you saw her, she was just singing, and I'm like, shut up. Well, you actually, know. I mean, I mean, coming into this season, she, I mean, she's done a little bit more than singing. Yeah, oh, no, but this, well, I mean, we only have her that one episode so far this season. Well, like one and a half, really. Really? Where there's actually singing? No, no, no I'm sorry, no, it's, no, it's just one. It's just one. And then yeah, they, just, they, they kind of show her a little bit in, in last episode. Well, only enough to tell us that she's there, but I mean, yeah, because the last episode was just about. Uh, well, when when they find Carol, they 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 wheel Carol into the hospital and they talk about. No, that was all the same episode. Uh, but that's what I'm saying. No, 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 because you have Beth's episode where she, where she right, um, at the lets, end of Beth's episode, Carol comes in. That's all. No, one no, no. no. But yeah. then I'm saying last week when right. they did Carol's episode, right. they showed Beth again. 
because they they show Carol, you know, being you know wheeled, in, and they and they they talk about that, that Beth is there, and they show Beth's reaction, you know, watching her being wheeled in. No, that's the Beth episode. I could have sworn. No, that. the other one ends with Carol getting hit by the car. Thank you. Yeah. Sorry about that's that. That's what I'm yeah. saying. It's sorry, all sorry. one episode. You, you know why? You, you know why? Because they show the preview well, to the next week, right? Yeah. And, yeah. and I'm confused. Yeah, it's just all disjointed that. right now. Yeah. But um, you know what? To me, you're both wrong because you're watching the show. Damn! <laughs> wow! 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 Shit! I, I should give you alcohol so you can yeah. have better taste. Yeah. You know what? I, I I just say that you know what? We'll have uh, Ralph talk about the newest episode of Almost Human next week. Oh, <laughs> it got canceled. What a shame. <laughs> 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 As you yeah. were saying. <laughs> oh, and we'll back it up with intelligence. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, with the, all the viewers to both of those shows? <laughs> <laughs> Two crickets. <laughs> Damn. No, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, she wasn't that bad. It was just, again, even her, her solo episode was, I mean, again, I mean, you know, maybe the whole point was that she was supposedly playing possum the whole time. But, like, you know, she was, like, so, like, I've never killed anyone submissive kind of a personality. I know she's, she's in a strange environment. She doesn't know what's going on. But it wasn't all one day. This was, like, at least a few weeks have passed by now. And I'm, like, you, you've you been killing zombies, like, left and right there. You know, at least show a little backbone. It doesn't mean you have to, like, try and run out. But so I just, I guess it was just a conflicting writing for her, I just found. Well, I mean, and um, I don't want to. And wanna... then you saw her by the end of it. It was, like, okay, that's the Beth we know. I, I don't want to argue the point. I'm just wondering because you're saying, yeah, you've been killing zombies all this time. But, you know, when you're confronted with zombies, it's a different coping mechanism than when you're dealing with, you have to confront real people and probably have to kill them. Right. And it's coming off the heels of her father. Her father had died, right? You know, and then after that, you know, they run away, and then she gets kidnapped. So I'm wondering, you know, if her if her head's a mess. She's a teenager. Her head's a mess anyway, and she's a white girl on top of that. Her head's doubly a mess. <laughs> Did I say that? Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. Is she around the black guys? Because then she'll be even more messed up. It, uh, wow. She's trying, she's what, what way are we talking? <laughs> she's trying to get with Daryl, but we all know that wasn't going to happen. Oh my god! Do you see people pushing that idea about her? You know, like, oh, well, isn't Daryl and Beth such a good idea? I'm like, who the fuck says that? First of all, no. <laughs> and, Agreed. And Carol would be like, oh, no. <laughs> but of course, Carol ain't getting any either. But now, did you? I don't know if you had heard this because uh, we had talked about it on one of our earlier podcasts. But uh, And this is from Norman Reedus himself. It wasn't like hearsay. He oh. he said that um, Kirkman approached him. Or not Kirkman. It was um, Doraban. Doraban approached Durban. him um, about being Daryl in the first place. And uh, after, I guess, he accepted, he goes, hey, you know what? Um, what do you think Daryl being gay? Uh-huh. So Daryl's actually gay because he, you know, he's saying it's just that Daryl, Daryl just doesn't, and he's not active about it, or right. anything like that. So, but, so I did find it funny with the very last episode that it makes you wonder either if their relationship is just purely, you know, we're just good friends, or if there's already been an off-screen discussion because it wasn't even like, you know, did, did anyone think that Carol was going to kind of be like, hey, let's go rest, kind of a yeah, a I thought thing, so. like just yeah. a thing, but she just right away got in her own bunk. And she didn't do it in the way of like, I don't want to be with anybody. Right. She right. just did it like, I know to be in my own bunk because that's right. the way things are. So I'm wondering, I'm like, okay, so have they had this discussion, you know, because... Do you think they're going to play that angle? I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, only because it's like, you know, for the thing about it, in second season, maybe not second season, but in the third season, in the prison, you got the idea that they were together, kind of. Yeah. Right. So the fact that she, you know, that there's now no hint of them being together, like the fact that she went right for the top bunk. You know, or something like that makes me wonder, okay, did you try and then you guys had a talk, but we haven't gotten in on it yet right. or yeah. what? You know, so I'm kind of curious to see if they ever go there, if they ever bring it up. He, he probably slipped her a note and said, I'm gay. 
<laughs> Wait, why, why is the note whispered? <laughs> actually, 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 it's one of those new notes that whispers. <laughs> actually, the note just said, I think he's hot. <laughs> that, that would explain volumes. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. So, so you're not happy with... Um, or at least you feel like Beth is not as developed. Well, no, I think she got better by. I think it felt like the old Beth at the end when she made that escape. You know, right. That, or I mean, I'm sorry, tried to make that escape. Yeah. And the fact that she was happy that the guy got away, even though she didn't, yeah. that seemed more like Beth, meaning that, like, you know, she's tough enough to try, even if she didn't fail, because she has that good heart. She's got that part of Herschel that he, you know, that, that part that's like, you know, self sacrificing. Yeah. You know, um, so. I believe that, like where she smiled when she saw that. Was it Noah? Is that the guy? Noah, yeah. yeah. When Noah got away. For me, in my head, it's everybody hates Chris. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it's in my head. He, he can he can be anything else. He could be the captain of the fucking Enterprise. I'd be like, everybody hates Chris. <laughs> that's who that's who he is for me. Yeah, but but, um, but that show. Uh, what did you always think about that uh, arm amputation? I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? No. Oh, dude, they do it the old-fashioned way. You know that oh. that that string that's a saw. Yeah, they took off someone's arm oh. that way. And she and do you have to see the episode how it works? Like these these pri- these cops are like the worst rogue cops. Like they're like the the works correction officer type cops gone bad, mm. where they're running it like like some kind of a cult military type thing. Like keeping people there, you have to work off like anything that they've done for you. Like so, I mean, they don't have any kind of like a tit for tat schedule, but like it's almost like well, we gave you aspirin, now you owe us two months of indentured servitude. <laughs> That's what it's like, you right. know. So um, this one woman, I guess she tried to get away because I guess we realize now that this other cop has been basically just you know raping her um, at his leisure. Um, she gets caught, uh, brought back, but she something's wrong. I don't know. Maybe she also maybe she tried to kill herself. I don't know. Something's yeah. up with her arm, or maybe she got bitten because they kept saying we're not going to lose you that way or something like that. I don't know what. I happened. think she was bitten. Yeah. Well, whatever happened, they needed to remove the arm, so they have her on this gurney because they're in an actual hospital. Mm. So they have her on a um, on a hospital bed, and the, um. She's just like, let me die, let me die. And the, uh, the doctor's like, you want anesthesia? She's like, fuck you, you know, and kind of an attitude. And the, the, the female officer that's more of in charge of them all is like, well, that's her answer. Don't give her any anesthetic. Take off the arm. So they just hold her down and they use that, that like I said, that string saw thing. Mm-hmm. And it's just, and I'm just like, oh my God. I mean, at least with Herschel, they just grabbed the axe and was like, whack, whack, whack. I feel like this season, oh, go ahead, Where was the samurai sword wielding chick? Oh, she's not there. No, no, this is Beth's Beth's journey right now. She could have just taken the sword and be like, whap, She would have. She would have. Yeah, well, I'll get to Michonne in a second. Um, Shit, I just lost my train of thought. Um, oh, okay. Um, choo-choo. Shit, it. <laughs> Why's it got to be the old train? Is that the train you took back in the day in your childhood? <laughs> he was there when they invented steam travel. <laughs> he probably have lumps of coal in his fucking pockets when he takes the train back home. He's like, oh, you could use this. I do, just in case. I bet you do. Uh, so um, how, do you, how did you feel about um, including Daryl and Carol into her storyline? Would you I'm would fine. you would you wanted this whole thing to be something that Rick found out, or are you okay with Daryl and Carol having their own caper and kind of becoming into this? I personally, I mean, have you have you seen that we're we're Carol, um, Carol Lee's? I I'm fine. What it is that um, you know, everybody's doing fine. Everything's going fine for the most part. Um, they just took a gruesome revenge on the people from Terminus. I mean, gruesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, which I can't wait to see the ramifications of that because that was gruesome yes yeah. <laughs> and carol how, like how so every- it? gruesome <laughs> <laughs> it really was but uh so everything's fine but carol right. i guess was just 
feeling out of place. Even though Rick apologized, and I mean, he was the man. He, you know, he held his balls out. He's just like, you can smack him if you want. You know, like he knew, he knew. <laughs> I mean, and the, the nice part was Carol also didn't take advantage of that because she knew she was also wrong. That's what I liked about it. They both knew that they were wrong in what happened right. last season. Rick overreacted and she shouldn't have done what she did. She right. knew that, you know, and both of them did. not I liked that so that, you know, she was very gracious. She's, you know, cause she'd saved their lives. And, um, but I think she still felt kind of alone, which they do in the, the episode that's mostly about her. You kind of right. see her existing on her own and stuff like that. And, and it really, I, I said to a friend of mine I was watching with, I said, wow, you know, we knew she was out on her own. But when you think about the fact that you've had since the probably the, the well actually no not since probably it's since the zombie apocalypse occurred she's been around people whether it was her husband and her daughter then right. finding finding Shane's group right away yeah. she's always been around people to imagine now just suddenly you know we're not talking about alone in today's world where fine I might live alone but I'll just go outside and there's people talking it's like you're alone alone like oh, yeah. all your own thoughts you know like just thinking about how to survive I mean, it's just you know it was really interesting to see her alone and that she was surviving. And yet, keeping an eye, she never stayed that far away from the group, it turned out. Right. Um, so that I guess she was feeling maybe that she still didn't belong or wasn't worthy after what she had done. So she was about to just kind of head off to, she didn't know where, and Daryl had followed her. And in that, um, they're talking, and then they see a car go by, and you know they're like, you know, Daryl's like, wait, that's the car that took Beth, or that looks like one of the cars that took Beth, and then they start their adventure that way. Yeah. Um, so I was fine with it, because I thought it felt very natural. It didn't feel very forced-like. Um, I have no idea where in the world they would have gone, but let's just take the car and go find her right. somehow. You know, because I had a lot of people on the net talking about how much they disapproved of not only the Beth episode, but of the um, the episode with Daryl and Carol. Really? Like a lot of people were like, "Okay, well, you could have mentioned Beth being, you know, um, Beth being captured, and you kind of like do half an episode and do the rest of the stuff of how the 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 crew is going to come get him back." And I'm like, "What? What do you want to rock him, sock him all the time? There's, there's some story you want to put behind this?" And people are like, "No, no, no! It was boring. Who wants to see fucking Beth?" Da, 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 da. And people like, and, and I'm talking about like, I'll say a good seven, eight individual people that I spoke to on you know um, on Facebook about mm-hmm. that, and they were just going on about yeah. how much they hated the episode, yeah. and I was they were like, okay, well, why do why do we have to t- talk about Beth and this crew of people? Why, you know, why? Yeah. It was just I was well, like, like wow. said, I'm not a Beth fan. I mean, I thought the ep- well, the episode's necessary because we need some new something going on. Um, right. um, I don't think it was the worst episode in general. Like I said, I'm just not a fan of Beth, but I, you know, I thought it was fair enough for her. But the Carol and Daryl part, I thought was excellent. I just, I thought that was a great episode. Um, now, how, um, Jean-Paul, how far along are you? You said, like, maybe a couple of episodes in? So have you seen The the Reverend? Yeah. Okay, so okay, so you're kind of caught yeah. up with that. Yeah. All right, I mean, just trying to get an Are idea. Are you still in a secret yet? Um, no, not yet. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean... Wait, The Reverend? Yeah. Yeah, we found, the, I mean, we found The Reverend's... The only secret that we know of that The Reverend has so far, anyway. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. There's another. There's an additional secret. Oh, which, oh, there's another secret. Which is the secret? I'm like a fucking tell. I'm not, I'm not you. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. No, put I can't. Spoiler warning. Because, because, dude, cause, cause, dude. I mean, if that was going to be well, the only comic secret, book secret, I'm assuming. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's just one of those things. I'm right. like, because, because, and mind you, I, I didn't read the comic that far to to see the priest mm-hmm. that I had to ask somebody, and then you know, because I, I knew from watching the show that. I'm like, this, this, this is not it. There's yeah. more. There's oh, more. Yeah. And then somebody told like me, like, they're like, Yo, yeah. it's blank, 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 yeah. blank. And I was like, oh. Okay. Oh, no, I can't wait. It's then. the tank, right? He's hiding it, the it, tank. It's the He's tank. hiding the tank. Yeah, yeah. A priest <laughs> with a tank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let's bring the tank to you all. <laughs> all podcasts, JP. 
What? Like that would be the weirdest thing in a post-apocalyptic area. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I see zombies walking around. That's not weird, but a priest would attack. Oh shit, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, he's got you there. <laughs> yeah, he, he does have me there. <laughs> um, move, moving groups and moving to the other group. Oh, oh I'm sorry, real fast. Oh, oh, oh go ahead. I'm sorry. Because before we get to that other group, and uh, the reason I wanted to know uh, just oh, about sorry. how yeah. few episodes you had seen was only to to say because a lot of people when I mention this they go, "No, you're wait, are you right?" You saw the first two, definitely at least. I guess if you got if you got to the Reverend, I, well, yeah. yeah, I guess you had seen the first two. Yeah. I, I understand that they were in a hurry getting from Terminus, but you have to realize now, even if it was just a day, we don't know how long they were at Terminus. I mean, right. you know, it wasn't months, but right. even if it was a day, but except for um, except for the baby, Tyrese, Carol, and Beth, everyone is at is in the container at Terminus. So even if you figure it's one day. Plus, then they get out, and now they're at the Reverend. That's another day. And then however many days they were, because they were there for several days with the Reverend. Right. At no point does Maggie ever say, where's my sister? To anyone, even if she didn't know that she was with Daryl. Like, in other words, think about it. Everyone's in that booth, that box, but she doesn't go, hey, has anyone seen my sister? And then when they get out, and now all of them are together now, that is including Carol, Tyrese, the baby. She doesn't go, we we need to find my sister. In fact, no, she leaves with Glenn, of course. Um, to go with the the mustache guy, uh, uh, what's his name, Abraham, yeah, and his group to go, um, you know, to go to Washington D.C., and she still doesn't go. I wonder where my sister is, and and someone else, a friend of mine, was just I guess trying to do devil's advocate. He said, well, you know, it was kind of Glenn's decision to leave. I said, yeah, Glenn would never have left Beth if Maggie wanted to find her, right? Yeah. So once again, it's like, so you don't even care where your only living relative is, <laughs> <laughs> and at no point does she ask if. In other words, there's no episode where she goes. You know, does anyone know if she's dead or alive? And Daryl lies, for instance, and says she's dead because he doesn't know where she is. I mean, no, right. it just doesn't come up at all. And is there a way that they may be able to address that? I'm hoping. I, 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 I mean, at this point, it's almost too late for them to try. You uh, know, uh, unless the, uh, unless Beth reunites with with Maggie and the reunion is, oh my God, Beth, happy to see you. Punch in the face. <laughs> you were fucking looking for me, bitch. I remember you were trying to take my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but because by this point it would be really late to write in there. Like, like if they tried some cheesy line, like I didn't want to ask about Beth because I figured she might be dead. Mm. That would be cheesy, I think. You know. Yeah. Okay. Um. How did you? How do you feel about um, Maggie and, and um Maggie and Glenn joining Abraham on their search to go to Washington? To go to Washington. I'm okay with. I mean, I. I mean, again. Take the Beth out of it, and I'm okay with it. The Beth part in there just still begs the question of, aren't you looking for your sister? Yeah. Um, I was okay with it just because, I mean, it, it felt like what it was, which is to move the story along. It didn't yeah. feel so organic exactly. You know, Glenn's like, well, I gave my word. You know, I'm like, it's a zombie apocalypse. I don't think word counts as quite as much. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, now because uh, the currency has, you know, is worthless, now word is the currency. Oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the bird is the word. Yeah. Oh, please don't, 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 don't. <laughs> Um, bird, did you expect? Oh, who, what was the name of the guy with the mullet? What was his name? Oh, um, oh shoot, that, that Joe Dirt. No, that's just about that. Just <laughs> about his day. Which they're making a sequel anyway. Oh God, yeah. David Spader still has work. That's the only work he has. Um, oh, what is the guy? Eugene. Eugene. Yes. I can't believe I thought. Did it. you think the Eugene secret was going to be bigger than that? Nope. I mean, like I, I knew-, knew he was lying through his teeth. Did well, you know? Well, oh, because it was just too ridiculous. His secret was that he knew how to stop the zombie apocalypse. He knew how to cure it. Oh, how do you cure it? No, that was no that, that was a secret. That they were saying secret. we got to keep this guy alive because he has the secret for you know to 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 the, um, help destroy oh, the zombie apocalypse. And yeah, oh. turns out 
I was lying. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that. Oh, oh, oh spoiler. spoiler. Oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> now, was there a Eugene in the book? I didn't read that far. Oh, okay, okay. So, so for my you know who Abraham is, right, with the big handlebar yeah. muscle? Okay. Yeah. Was, yeah. was there anyone with, like, the scientist that was maybe I, with the group? I, I'm just kind of curious. I got as far. I got, I think, I did a little past the prison, and then I was kind of done after okay. that. Okay. All righty. Yeah, yes. Because, right. I mean, I know for with the whole Eugene thing, it was just like, oh, man, really, dude? <laughs> really? I don't know if I found that more disturbing to find out, or the fact that he was just literally staring and watching uh, Abraham and that woman have sex. Well, Again, <laughs> which was interesting. That episode of The Walking Dead, from what I heard, that they really pushed it. Like, like the censors almost didn't want them to do it. Oh, really? Yeah, they were talking about that. They, you know, that they, because there was, you know, um, Abraham fucking this girl, and you know him watching. And then, of course, they had a f- couple of the gruesome scenes there. Right. And they were like, you know, supposedly the censors were like, uh, they were very surprised they got it past the censors. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. You know, only because we're running out of time. And, and this, I mean, because we have seven seven episodes, and I wish we can cover them all. Where? Where do you see Rick going next? Well, actually, I want to get back to Rick. I, I really don't have an idea, only because I don't know where the story is going to go. After we left them, they were in the church, and they right. slaughtered the fucking um, the cannibals. Right. Um, Gruesome, as Gruesome. it was. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know where they're going to go. I mean, I did remember seeing that I think like the upcoming one is that another group of survivors is met or something like that. So yeah. I guess we're going to have some kind of interaction, but I, I have no idea. I mean, I, I definitely think that something has to be said about the way Rick particularly viciously slaughtered the leader of Terminus. Yeah. Because, I mean, he, I mean, he's gone off, you know, between biting that guy's neck out to save his son. I mean, he's, it's almost in a feel, it's almost like they're trying to give a connection between him and the zombies, like how his behavior is not much different than theirs. Right. They're both killing to survive and killing horribly to survive. Right. You know? So I'm curious to see if they'll, they'll touch that. But as far as where the journey is going, no idea. As long as he's there, Rick's the man. I'll tell you one thing. I keep seeing Rick and I keep seeing Michelle. I'm like, hmm. I wonder if they're Oh, gonna... yeah. You know they're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if, Rick, if Rick's going to go down that path. Because... Carl, watch this. <laughs> well, because. <laughs> so it, you'll learn how to do it. In the comic book, Rick is going another direction in, when we talk about relationships. But that person's not no longer with us. So he's. Uh, oh, is he doing it with Therese? <laughs> Damn! Daryl's like son of a bitch. <laughs> Rick is showing Michonne his sword skills. Ooh. Wow! That's what you wound up for. You wound up that whole shit for that. <laughs> it was good though. Okay. Well, I mean, I, I just think that you know, obviously, I think they're gonna lead a brigade into the hospital. You know, Rick right. and the team. I'm just wondering how that's gonna end up. But I, you're right. I, I don't know what's yeah. going to happen next for them. You know, they've been they splintered the story out so much. I'm wondering where they're going to go, which is kind of good because then right. a lot of things. That's how twists and turns happen. You don't know where the story goes. <laughs> All right. So, um, ratings for so far, Walking Dead season seven. I can't say JP because you haven't finished watching it. I feel so bad about the spoilers. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I give it nine. How often do you think Daryl's checking out Rick's ass out of ten? <laughs> oh come on you know it's gotta be happening <laughs> you wanna go in first Daryl no I'll come up behind you <laughs> oh man um, I give it eight and a half carefully placed rockets firing into a tank <laughs> a fuel tank a fuel tank out of ten it's been good I just I'm, I just want a little bit more I, I can't wait to see the rest of this season what does Hater Ralph give it that he never watches I give it negative 227 because there is no tank in please there. Ralph <laughs> Ralph keeps saying wrap it up I'm like yeah, we were talking about once upon a time but we got another two hours <laughs> <laughs> and 
Hey, Mike will be right there with me. Yeah, I didn't say Mike wouldn't be there with you. <laughs> <laughs> then we'll do a crossover with, with Doctor Who, and then we'll never oh, end fuck. this then, then I'll slit my wrist and let it drip. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, please stay tuned. Give us a couple of seconds, because Geeks on the Go is next. <laughs> Geeks on the Go. I'm laughing because I saw that hiccup, and that was not recorded, huh? Nope. So I'm talking about nothing that nobody would know about. Yep. Okay. Just like always. <laughs> like, Just like always. Like normal. Fucking Ralph. All right. You know the segment. I give quick questions. They give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute, but fuck it. We try, right? Wait, not really. We we're supposed tried. to try? Well, it, it, we damn right we're supposed to try. <laughs> All right, in his world, I guess we're supposed to try. I All right, know. so um, JP's going to get involved in this one. You ready as well, my friend? Yes, sir. Yes, All sir. All right. Ready, set, go. Where's the timer? Oh, right. I'm wow. <laughs> it wasn't in that, wow. wasn't in that email you, you were reading. Oh, my God. <laughs> Can you believe this shit? And this can't be taken out of editing. <laughs> there you go. What is, more, what is more of a surprise, the success of The Flash or the success of Guardians of the Galaxy? Ralph. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Didn't think that that many people would like it. Okay, Mike. I was surprised that, that Ralph found the timer. Um, I say the <laughs> big surprise of the Flash because uh, I think most of the success is due to the fact that audiences are amazed that a white guy can run so fast. <laughs> JP. Guardians of the Galaxy. Everybody hates Rocket Raccoon. <laughs> Why? Wow, I, I don't hate Rocket Raccoon. Except me. Okay. Me too. All right. How much longer does Gotham have as a TV series, Mike? As long as it takes for me to find the writers and feed them their genitals. <laughs> JP? I wouldn't know. I don't watch it anymore. <laughs> Ralph? So for you, it already ended. <laughs> it's still going on? Wow. <laughs> okay. Does Mary Jane come back to the Spider-Man comic book series as his girlfriend, JP? Yeah, because it doesn't matter. They're going to rewrite it out anyway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Ralph? No, she, she's just going to be the honey on the side. The honey on the side. Listen, yeah. you talking like that, Mike. Oh, hell no. Plus, you know the old saying, once you go midget, you don't want no redheaded gidget. <laughs> <laughs> sure, because I've said that to Gigi all the time. <laughs> all right, all right. Last question, last question. Tis the season. What should we more be thankful for? Comics or comic book movies? Ralph. Comics, because they're way better than the movies most of the time. Wow. Mike. Uh, Marvel movies, yes. DC movies, maybe. Fox movies, probably not. Okay. JP. Movies. The Winter Soldier. <laughs> that was good. It was good. But but for every Winter Soldier, you have the Daredevil. Yeah. And for every Daredevil, you have Man of Steel. <laughs> <laughs> for oh every my. Man of Steel, you got a Green Lantern. Yeah. For every Green Lantern, you have Ghost Rider. <laughs> oh. <laughs> for every Ghost Rider, you have the Punisher. Every Punisher, you have an Elektra. Oh. <laughs> and for every Electra, you have Ghost Rider 2, Spirit of Vengeance. Oh. <laughs> you mean Nicolas Cage acid trip? Oh, my God, it's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, some quick shout-outs before I go. Shout-out to, first off, my two co-hosts, Ralph and Mike. I love you guys. I, your birthday was just passed. Happy birthday, Mike. I know you're 50. I know you're 25. <laughs> 24, but I'm really am 25, I have to admit to all the audiences out there that thought I was 24. I am uh, okay. 25. You know what? I'm going to throw out a challenge. Anybody who listens to the show, please hit us up on our Facebook uh, our Facebook page or um, email us to see if you can guess Mike's real age. 25. It's not that. <laughs> Two, five. Put it down, people. Dude, dude. <laughs> um, you said that everything on the podcast is canon and is legitimate, right? Of course. So when I say it. And, yeah. Well, when you say oh, Because remember last week what you said, right? 
What? You the boss. You told me I'm the boss. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He said you're the bald. (laughs) (laughs) You know his accent. You can't understand him. Wow. (laughs) Couple of uh, (laughs) so guys, happy birthday! I love you guys. You know, I really appreciate all the work you guys do. Yeah. Happy birthday. (laughs) You know there wouldn't be a show without me, so it's well. Technically, there would literally be no show without you. (laughs) That's right. And there'd there'd be no interesting show without me. Oh, (laughs) wow! You both really sliding each other off. Pass that KY. <laughs> you should try the warming one. It works way better. <laughs> it's called spit, gentlemen. <laughs> um, also, some other shout outs. Shout out to my boy Bosh and my boy Cheyenne. I, I misspoke the other podcast and I said the 13th is when For Life podcast is going to be back on the air. It's actually the 23rd. So the 23rd is when um, Bosh and Cheyenne will be coming back to talk about wrestling and they're starting off with the Survivor Series, which is Sunday night, which. If you're listening to this podcast, it will already be passed too. So I would say watch it, but you're not going to hear it live. So, you know, whatever. Um, shout out to, who was the other person? Oh, yes. Jazz. Jazz, let's see what you think of the show. Um, please, please let us know what you think. And there was one more person. <sighs> By the way, did your niece get back to you? No. She didn't? She's a boot camp. <laughs> I know you said she was getting ready to go into the armed forces, but I thought she would have released, you know, like. No, no, she's a boot camp. They don't have access to anything. Oh, that sucks. We should send her a care package with a you know copy of our show on the side there. <laughs> We're going to send her a big computer. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send her a transcript of the show. <laughs> That's a lot You're not going to type it, are you? <laughs> Whoa! There might and be I'm, some typos. Oh, <laughs> some? And I'm going to leave that. I'm going to make that the end of the show. So for Mike the Finance Guy, RT Square, Ralph the Tech, and our special guest, John Paul, this is the cap saying, keep it geeky. And wow, Christmas is already here. That's really weird.